Hello, and welcome to the Pixel Pitch Podcast, where we are handed a year in gaming, and all of us pick a game from that year to pitch to the rest of the cast. Uh, I am your host, Al, and my other hosts are... Falana And Kit. Hey, guys, it's it's that time. It's that time again where we have to be handed a year in gaming from the non-pro computer. I am I am very excited about this. At the edge of my seat. Yeah, it's the most exciting part of it. Yep, like we have no idea what year we're going to be given, but let's just go over to the non-pro computer and see what random year it decides to give us. And the numbers are in, and we are given the year of 2001, uh, the cusp of the new millennium. Like, a a seminal year of gaming, uh, the year that Halo Combat Evolved came out, Grand Theft Auto 3, Final Fantasy X, Silent Hill 2. These are watershed games. Uh, What classic could we possibly pick from this long list of, like, amazing titles? Well... There was some other thing that came out in 2001, uh, the anniversary game, a 10th year anniversary game for the Blue Blur, Sonic Adventure 2. Ooh. Eh? I must confess, I've never played Sonic Adventure 2. You would not be alone in that, unfortunately. (laughs) This game originally came out on the Dreamcast, uh, and it has gotten a couple of ports. Uh, The ports are a little messy, but fun. Very fun still. They're messy in that way that 2D Sonic games or 3D Sonic games just kind of tend to be sometimes. Not Sonic Adventure Sonic 06 bad, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, nothing's going to be that bad. Yeah. You'd that, hope, I, right? That yeah. was an unfinished game. That, <laughs> ga- that game was Sega, we need more time. And Sega said, no, Sonic only turns 15 once. <laughs> <laughs> But I've I've heard rumors that this one is another one of those 3D Sonic games that is also a, a bit on the janky side. Honestly, I have never had that experience with this game, but I originally played it on the GameCube when I was a youngin, and then when I got a bit older, I played on my Dreamcast and have only played it on that. So from what I understand, it's more the ports of it that are a little janky. Um, which, oh, really? Yeah, in the sense that uh, the switch in updating the frame rate is where some of the problems come in. Again, I never really noticed it in the GameCube, but I haven't touched the GameCube version in probably about 10 years myself. (laughs) Uh, The PC port, though, is one of those things where the fandom came came together, did their own kind of like love patching to it, to fix it up and make it as close to the original Dreamcast version with some modern day updates. Interesting. Um, I, I've I've definitely heard two things. I've heard like, oh man, this game just isn't that good. The first one got it so much better. And this is just kind of a, a precursor to the trash fire that would be Sonic's career after, afterwards or like until now. And I've heard people say like this is actually the best sonic game ever they nailed it knocked it out of the park it's a shame everything went downhill after this but this was really where they redefined it and got it right and it was the best sonic game ever so like opinions are all over the place on this game as far as i know see and the thing is opinions were all over the place 
because uh, I, for the longest time, I only ever heard from other Sonic fans, this was the best Sonic game. Uh, they really were headed in the right direction. And then they just kind of, they, they went too hard on the wrong part of this game. And then we ended up with uh, Heroes, which I still thought was a pretty solid game. For for most people that want to play a Sonic game, yeah, there's, to there's the good f- things in that game. Um, yeah. It's certainly on my list of Sonic games I want to eventually buy because I hear there's good things about that. Just like there's good things about Sonic Unleashed as well, apparently. Yeah, and there is yeah, like there's there's really great things about specifically the PS2 version of Sonic Unleashed. I love the PS2 version of Sonic Unleashed. When we start getting to the PS3 and the 360, eh. It gets a little harder to love that game. Oh, that's but a shame. Kind, kind of like, you know, the the weird kid, you know, in your class that like you want to hang out with, but it's a little hard. You can still love them. You just got to, <laughs> you got to approach it differently. Like, what, what were the <laughs> a lot of Sonic games fall in that category. Yeah, what, what happened though? Like, was did, did, did it just not translate to PS3 360 well? What, what were the... It, the the difference is not not to go tangenting off too much into another Sonic game. Yeah, no worries. Unleashed was diff, uh, did have um, a a split in development, so the PS2 version was developed by a different team oh. uh, in some parts than the PS3 360 version. Oh, well, now we so know it's, it's kind of a different game, kind of like how Sonic Colors on the uh, DS is virtually a completely different game with the same world setup. As Sonic Colors on the Wii. Got it. Now, so, do you know oh, what? That's strange. Yeah, it, it was it was still part of that time because uh, uh, gaming in general in that time period, you occasionally ran into that where different releases were similar but different games. And so Sonic games kind of followed that trend a bit. Yeah, there was there was a time where you needed to release on every system to be... Uh, to be relevant like you just like we had to hit everybody and uh yeah like that that's it's interesting because like to an extent this sort of happens um even in the time we're talking about now in 2001 there was still yeah. a lot of you you wanted your game on as many platforms as possible um i talked a little bit about some of the exclusives that were like really again watershed games but the ps2 xbox gamecube era was really the time of no 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 everybody's got to get this version of it because like it was a kind of present in the um ps1 n64 but those systems were so different that it just those games turned out so different like we talked a little bit about this during the uh resident evil 2 episode about you know they made one for the n64 but like it's 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 very similar but not the same game it needed to be developed differently um, right, yeah. like because it did have a different development team that worked specifically on the '64, yep. like importing it over for a year. It was like it, it was something like twenty or something, wow. probably possibly more than that. Employees just doing the port. Now, do we know how the port fared for Sonic Adventure? Because I remember you saying like there was there's tale and legend of some issues with it from going from Dreamcast to GameCube. Yeah, and a lot of it, like, I've done a bit of research, and there's some things, like, there's some graphical differences where they use, they tried to make it a little bit more HD, because it came out a bit later, the GameCube was more powerful in some ways than the Dreamcast, Uh, and I guess a a fun little, a fun and sad 
you know, side note, remember the Dreamcast? Sonic Adventure yeah. 2 was the last first-party game Sega ever developed. Oh, I, wow. It was because it was one of the last games that came out on the Dreamcast before they left the console war. The GameCube port was kind of like their way of being like, you know what? This is our new normal. Like, we got we to gotta embrace this. We want to put out a good first release. So they wanted to take advantage of as much of the graphical, you know, expansion they could on the GameCube. Uh, but unfortunately, a lot of that amounted to, hey, look how much extra stuff we can throw in the environment in the background <laughs> that the GameCube could process that the Dreamcast just wasn't there yet. Look at it, guys. Um, so it's little things like that that, like, your standard person wouldn't be able to pick up on. And then there are like minor glitches that are pretty well documented. Like there's something with ghosts in one part of the game. Uh, in, I believe the Dreamcast version, they're just constantly on you. In the GameCube version, like they actually wait until you get near them. Uh, so some of it was like good changes, but then people complained because they're like, oh, but it's different. So it's really, your mileage may vary. I personally think from looking back over stuff, and again, having gone from the GameCube and then going back to the Dreamcast, I felt like the GameCube was like a good quality of life update, aside from a little bit of funny graphic stuff in some of the cutscenes, uh, because they just, they goofed on um, some, some of the light rendering. But other than that, like, it, it's a pretty solid update to the game. Okay. Again, from my opinion. All right. So like, we'll all be hopefully able to grab our own version of this. Yeah. Like, I, I'm going to play my Dreamcast uh, copy. Falana, you, uh, uh, what are you going to go for? What what version was this on? Can I get it for um, for N64? No, no. It uh, it came out in 2001. It was, uh, again, last that they did on the Dreamcast, and then a year later they put it on the GameCube. So we're, we're a generation so, past that. Yeah, we're a generation past Ah, uh, okay. That. Yeah. I, I think I'll do GameCube then. Okay. Um, but so the about the game itself. So Sonic Adventure 2 introduced, and this is this is part of the reason people hated the game. Because if there's one thing Sonic fans don't like, they don't like change and they don't like new characters. <laughs> oh, that's that's people in general. What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, but but I mean hmm, Sonic fans. So <laughs> so Sonic Adventure 2 introduced Sonic uh, introduced uh, Shadow and Rouge, and they were introduced as playable characters on the dark side of the campaign. The game itself is broken up into two sections. Each section has three characters. So there is the hero side. I think they, I think it might just be light side, but they might call them hero. I don't remember. Right. Uh, and then the other side is Team Dark. So Team Hero is Sonic, uh, who is your standard, gotta go fast, race to the end, beat up some guys, like jump on their heads on the way kind of gameplay. Then you play as Tails, who uh, you get a little cool mech thing to go around and it's a mech shooter that you play his levels as. And then you have Knuckles and Knuckles and Rouge are typically the most controversial part of this game. They're the part that people tend to struggle the most with because it is pretty much a scavenger hunt. Uh, you're looking for three pieces of the Shattered Master Emerald uh, as each of them. And that's part of why I suggest at least the GameCube port or beyond is because they greatly enhance the Rouge and Knuckles parts with some quality of life updates that make it less obnoxious. It gives you better hints towards what you're looking for. 
Um, Cause there, there are times where like in now that I know what I'm doing, I can get through those segments and like, five minutes max okay. uh the very first time that i played it on the dreamcast like having not played it on my gamecube in a while uh it took me about 20 minutes to the, do the first knuckles one because of the lack of that uh quality of life update <laughs> so yeah it gamecube is worth it for that that's one change that i know for sure that is so much better um so the dark side of things you play as shadow whose campaigns are different level designs but Shadow is the equivalent to Sonic. Eggman is the equivalent to Tails. You get a cool little mech with him. And then Rouge is the equivalent to Knuckles. So Sonic Sonic and Shadow, they cross over a lot. They have, uh, you're typically, you're pretty much, Sonic campaign is going against Shadow's. Tails campaign going against Eggman. Rouge campaign going against uh, Knuckles. Okay, so why didn't they like Shadow the Hedgehog? Uh, because he was he was Sonic, but different. <laughs> and Sonic fans hate change. I, I mean, he was Sonic, but to be, evil. To be fair, when they eventually gave Shadow his own game, that didn't help. No, but that's because that game was supposed to be rated T, and that that would have made that game so much better if it was rated T. I, I like Shadow yeah, safe because like, <laughs> yeah. it's really weird to have like, all right, I'm a I'm a cartoon hedgehog with a gat and just like clicking well, the no. fire arm. Yeah, it just has a gun. Okay, but consider, because I, I love that game to death because it's stupid, because that was when the <laughs> E10 rating came out and they didn't know what to do with it. So they were like, let's make a Sonic game that has a teen rating. And they were like, oh, we made this new emo hedgehog. Let's give him a gun and he can get the T rating. And everyone at Sega was like, yeah, do it. And then they were like, wait, they're coming out with an E10 rating. Let's make the game that. And then they were like, Ah, uh, what do we do? Fuck. <laughs> uh, so there's so much about that game that even it wouldn't have made the game. It wouldn't have made people like the game more. But I think it would have been a more fun classic if it got to keep the T rating. Because I, I definitely think all I'm going to say. <laughs> I definitely think due to uh, uh, Rule 64 um, that Rouge was was completely like people loved her, apparently. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> Y'all know Sonic fans. Or, yeah. Rule, oh, yeah. Or is it Rule 34? I don't remember. Whatever rule that is. 34. 34. <laughs> there we go. All right. Rule 34. People love Rouge. I, I know because growing up uh, in that time period, I was not aware of Sonic video games at all, but I was aware of Rouge the Bat. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> because everyone and their mother had to draw Rouge the Bat in compromising positions. Listen, she had big boobas. <laughs> what more do you yeah, need in a Sonic cool, game? Little chest plate? Yeah, she got yeah the cute chest plate, the thigh high boots. She's sultry and seductive, you know. Her music is slamming. She's best friends with the emo kid, which I mean, you know, a lot of guys playing these games they they really related to that. <laughs> but she wasn't she wasn't the love interest of the emo. Guy. No, she was the love interest to Knuckles, who was kind of like the the, right. the tough the tough badass guy. Yeah, but it was that he, she, one, she was the love interest for the gym rat. Exactly. She was the love interest yeah. for the gym rat, but she hung out with the emo kid <laughs> yeah. so they could project their their feelings onto. And yeah, but yeah. that's one thing I will say, even though people did kind of hate the both. Uh, well, people liked Rouge because high, but hated her because <laughs> gameplay. And oh, then no. people didn't like Shadow just because new guy, you know, who goes faster than Sonic. Oh, what's this about? Even though it's because of his shoes. Shock. Shoes and magic, so he has to cheat, but whatever. So people did eventually come around to them 
because of kind of the development that they both got, especially in like the Archie comics that saved Shadow's character for a lot of people. That's good. Um, yeah. And same with Rouge. And even like, there's a bunch of stuff later on that like, like the writers games where like Rouge is still doing her like hot, sexy thief thing, but then she kind of gets Shadow to start joining her. So he gets like this kind of like, it's not a fun personality on his own, but it's like fun because he's with Rouge because he's still kind of a stick in the mud, but like in that fun way. Yeah. But like, (laughs) that's what works really well when you have a character like that. You have someone who's kind of like, I don't want to have fun, but what makes them funny or interesting is when you have someone who's all about it. And like, that's what makes Bert and Ernie work. So it's like, same thing. Exactly. It's true. It's true. Uh, So then as far, uh, other key fun things about this, I, the soundtrack to this game is incredible. I actually recently was playing some songs just offhandedly uh, for a friend and they were like, Oh, what games? are these songs you've been playing from? And I was like, no, this is all just one game. And then I went through and I I was explaining to them like, no, these are the Sonic tracks. These were the Knuckles tracks. These were the Tails tracks. That was the Shadow track. And the amount of work that went into the sound alone to make sure each individual character had their own specific vibe to the music uh, really adds something to the level design and really adds something to like teaching you a little bit about these characters and like, what Sega was going for. Like it's, I, I have a feeling not a lot of games do something to like this extent when you have this many characters, like you might get when a character is introduced, you get like a specialty, you know, little jingle for them. But this is like each level is designed with the intent of showcasing more of the character's personality that's going through it. And I think it, it's something that maybe is done more often now, but not, not at the time for, cer- uh, yeah. for certain. Yeah. Yeah, not at the time, and it did take a while for it to become a more common thing, even now. Yeah. All right, well, I think I'm excited to play yeah. this. I'm, I'm totally down. I am honestly really excited for Shadow the Emo Hedgehog. Oh, I'm so, I am so <laughs> excited for you guys to get to experience him. Because, okay, I, I will give one more thing. So, th- and this is, this is like hot tea from the Sonic fandom. So, Sonic Ooh. fans are very divided on who their favorite Sonic voice actor is and shadow voice actor. Cause everybody like 99% of Sonic fans claimed, Oh, I hated shadow when the game came out, unless they were like actually a kid. Like I was a kid. I loved the game. I loved shadow. I thought it was cool. I was getting into my emo phase. Yeah. So kids, kids are exempt from this, but the ones that were the teen Sonic fan base and older were like, no shadow sucks. And then like, five years later when it was cool to like shadow because silver existed and now it's like no silver actually sucks shadow's cool (laughs) we all love shadow shadow the hedgehog best game then it became well who's your favorite shadow voice actor and who's your favorite sonic and if you didn't answer specifically the sonic and shadow from this game oh you're not a real sonic fan Ooh, it was constantly whereas i yeah whereas me personally four kids voice actor for shadow best shadow mic drop I will die on that hill. <laughs> he was so good at Shadow. Not so great as Sonic, but that's Roger Craig Smith, who is the current Sonic, who Sega tried to fire him, and fans said, you better fucking not. And Sega went, okay, all right, he's back. We're sorry. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't mean it. Because uh, he's the guy that's been, he's been doing Sonic since uh, Sonic Colors, and he's been Sonic through Sonic Boom. And so the evolution of Sonic's character to the kind of like bringing him back to that sassy you know 90s kid kind of 90s kid stoner kind of vibes 
Yeah. Uh, Roger Craig Smith nails that. So that's why I like. So just putting it out there. Have that in mind that as you're listening to this, because I believe this is the only game that this Sonic voice actor did and this Shadow voice actor did. So get a, get a good laugh at the fact that people were like, no, this is the best the franchise ever had. I, I'm hype. I, I really want to have some <laughs> strong voice acting opinions right now. <laughs> oh, yes. Remember, it's a Sonic game. And as something connected to Sonic, you're allowed to have the biggest opinion ever. Yep. Uh, you, got, you play one Sonic game, you are allowed to yell over people that have played the game for 20 years. Don't worry. All right. I, 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 I can <laughs> Delicious. do this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we're well prepared. Uh, we're going to take a break, and we'll be right back uh, with our feelings on Sonic Adventure 2. And we're back! We have all played Sonic Adventure 2 in whatever way we could, and my god, it feels like we went through a war that really no one remembers but us. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> True experience of a Sega fan, nay, of a Sonic fan. <laughs> I do truly oh, feel like I've come back from a long battle. <laughs> yeah. Because that's one thing I will not argue with this, guys. I will not say that this is one of the best games of all time. But I will unfortunately or fortunately say this is still one of the best Sonic games of all time. <laughs> Which is bizarre to me. Like so many people, like there was like polarizing opinions on this game going in. And I said this when we pitched it, like people have said, oh, it's the best Dreamcast game that you could play. It's one of the best. It's the best 3D Sonic game. Um, and other people were like, no, it's awful. It's the worst. And like, I didn't think I would come out of this saying you're both right. Yeah. <laughs> It's so true, though. Yeah. yeah. So let's let's before I give I give my perspective. What were your thoughts? General thoughts on the game. Uh, Flani, you want to start us off? Oh, it's okay. Look, it has so <laughs> many good like individual elements. Like the ideas are there. The soundtrack just absolutely slaps. But then all of like all together as a cohesive thing it's kind of a mess yeah <laughs> and it's it's fascinating though it is a fascinating mess <laughs> it's a, it's a train wreck in some ways where like you just can't put the controller down you have to know what happens <laughs> you got to know where they go from here <laughs> it's like oh god i i died again for the millionth time but then also I can make Dr. Eggman pick up a little chow baby and give him a little pat. Yeah. Zero out of 10 game or 10 out of 10 game? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. See, I think one of the best things about the chow garden is that it is the perfect in-between for when you're getting frustrated with the game. You could just be like, screw it. I'm done with this. I'm going to go play with a chow. I'm going to have my chows fight each other. They're going to race. It's going to be great. And you oh, can just yeah. tap out. Yes, you just go to the nice little oasis, you just go pat the babies. And you know yep. what? It was good. Yeah. So what about you, Al? It, I, I can't really say my opinion is really all that different. It is a very troubled experience, but not an unsatisfying one. But I think I went into this a little bit different than Falana because I played through Sonic Adventure. 
both on the Dreamcast and on the GameCube. And I liked that game enough to play it twice. Uh, when I got into this one, I expected a game that was going to be similar, if not better. And to have this very flawed but genius experience, for lack of a better term, like, it was it was so jarring. I, I wasn't sure quite what to make of it as I, like, went, went in there. And, like, the just by the first level alone, I was like, this feels different. And I yeah. don't know if I like it. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Because I do feel like... A lot of people went into Adventure 2 expecting adventure, but better. And instead, it kind of, which is, uh, among fans, people kind of wish that Sonic 2006 was listed as, like, Adventure 3. Because that would have kind of followed with the trend of, like, okay, we made this good, like, cool Sonic game that was, like, new and different. Adventure 2 was the same idea of, we're going to just try something different and make a fun, what we think is a fun game. And then 06 kind of had the elements where it was kind of two, but better, but its own thing with a little bit of more open world kind of stuff, kind of like best of both worlds. It it definitely fixed a lot of problems. Like there was no big the cat in this. Actually, there was. There was was a cameo. There's a cameo of big the cat in every level. And it was like one of my favorite parts was just (laughs) you go look around the level and there he is. I actually launched myself off a ledge one time because I, I saw him for the first time. I'm like, oh, my God, it's Big the Cat. I want to co- go talk to him. You, you can't talk to him. You, you just fall into the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> but he's there. I didn't see him. I did, I I did not him. know Big the Cat was making cameos. Yeah. But only cameos. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, but actually, isn't it you could unlock Big the Cat as a playable character if you, like do an A rank for enough levels of a certain character. I'm not as up to par when it comes to unlockables with adventure two. Mm. Um, but I think in at least one version you could, and then in one version it was removed <laughs> because there are very, very mixed feelings about big, the cat and the Sonic fandom. <laughs> Incredibly mixed feelings. But, but why he's big and purple He's per- big purple cat. And he's voiced by Duke Nukem. Yeah, oh my I god. Mean, there's a lot to love <laughs> about the aesthetics of Big the Cat, not so much the uh uh the gameplay of Big the Cat. <laughs> yeah, it's it's more so the gameplay from Adventure <laughs> yeah. One. That's uh, which what is, did him in. Which is interesting. As as weird or as frustrating as, as Adventure Two got, I never felt like it got that bad. Um as the really? Big the Cat segments from the first one. Yeah. Which really were mostly luck and tedium. And like that, that's one thing you cannot say. Well, hold on. I was gonna say that was one thing you can't say about this game. And I'm like, wait, there has, there are actually a few. Yeah. But no. T- yeah. Tedious. I think. Yeah. Luck. Not so much <laughs> tedious though. There could be an argument made for that. Yeah. 100%. I, I want to say like, I just, all right, uh, let's segue a little bit. And like, we were going to, I think we were going to save this for a little bit later, but let, I think we can open up with this. Like what we think are the best and worst segments of this, but like, cause I can't not talk about what really frustrated me the most which were all the the rouge knuckles levels really See, that, that's usually where most people fall and when i first played this game i i loved them as characters but those segments frustrated me and now those are my favorite segments no yeah i remember uh, with Sonic you and Shadow saying being that. my second yeah i remember you saying that in the pitch and while i was playing them 
I love them. Like you have, you know, the Sonic and Shadow levels. You you know, you got to go fast. It's all of that. You have, you know, Tails and Eggman. You're still, you know, sort of going at a brisk pace. Yeah. For for Rouge and Knuckles, it's just sort of this like nice breather period. You just like explore the level. It's so chill. And then the music for both sides is so good. I'll agree with the music on that. Yeah. So then, Al, tell us tell us more about your experiences with them. Like, what what didn't click for you with those? Man, I think it's just I just didn't enjoy the exploring very much. Uh, like for whatever reason, in every level there was something I got stuck on, and I was just kind mm. of like, all right, I'm by the time by the time I had gotten to the point where I was like, I kind of feel like I'm done with this. I still had more to do. The first one for both is pretty easy. It doesn't, it's just what it is. You know, you're going around, you're looking for the, the animals out in the open. It's oddly when I get to, there was the underwater one for neck for knuckles. There was the space one for the yeah. two of them. They both have the temple. Uh, Rouge with the temple was actually fun. I liked that. Cause there was the beetle that was going around and had the lasers and that was cool. Oh yeah. That was yeah. so cool. Yeah. And it like played into Rouge. <laughs> the bats like, Oh, she's a secret agent. So she has to yeah. hide in the shadows. That was so yeah. cool. Yeah, that was a great segment. I actually really enjoyed that level and it didn't feel, but playing through the temple with Knuckles, it drove me insane because like, I think I broke sequence at one point when I was walking around the temple and like, it only lets you find gems in a particular order. Sorry, chaos emeralds. Uh, it only lets you find them in a particular order or keys. It was keys in the temple. That's right. Yeah. So and see, the thing with that is it's not that you can't find the other ones. It's that it doesn't notify you of them until you find the one that you saw the hints for. Yeah. And that I thought that was fixed in the GameCube version. So that's that's on me. I thought they changed it to make it not do that. Yeah. And I guess that they hadn't. Yeah, I misread the, that. The pumpkin Oof. one. Oh, the pumpkin one was miserable. Like it really? was. I, I love the aesthetics of it. I thought it was great. It looked beautiful. But I was like I was that was when I kind of. Uh, realized, oh, I might not be in for the best time when I was playing through that. And it, I just, I was like, I was tearing my hair out. Like, I, what is happening? Who, like, I was activating trains and I wasn't sure if that was doing anything. I just was walking around. Like, I felt like I had no idea what I was doing. Um, that was, that, they never really quite got that bad until the timed one with Rouge, where I was like, I, like, I had to have my boyfriend come in and beat that for me because I couldn't. <laughs> like, yeah. I, that's I actually the only. It. I, I couldn't find where the emeralds were. I was just putzing around like over and over and over again. I was so stuck. Uh, and I, I kept running out of time. I kept dying. I never found them. I had to have someone else come oh. in and do it for me. That's actually the only level that I ended up getting an A rank in somehow. I don't know how. And see, and I, I will say this probably is because of my um my being very familiar with the maps now and like I do I like Falana love that break of just being able to go and explore and chill and get to listen to the tracks over and over again uh but my two favorite levels uh for for Knuckles and Rouge respectively are Pumpkin Hill and uh the security hall oh the no, yeah but actually my favorite level in in the game is is Pumpkin Hill like yeah. That, that soundtrack, the aesthetic of it, you're just like gliding through and there's all these spooky pumpkin heads around. And, it's uh, a aesthetic. Yeah. It's visually great. And I, I don't yeah. want to I don't want to take away from that. It looks yeah. great. And yes, the soundtrack, as we've already said at this point, it's baller. It's like Sonic Adventure 2, the soundtrack is great. But man, I don't know what it was. Like the 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 looking for stuff segments were like really rough for me to to get through in the game. 
I, I will say the the Rouge in space one with with the planets where the planets each have their own like gravity. Mm. I, I had to stop playing that one because it yeah, made me that... really motion sick. I had to like stop yeah. the game and go lay down for a little while. You know, all of the space ones are like that for me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I struggle with them. I love them, but I struggle with them. Shadow definitely the the final level with Shadow, I I I would I got sweaty palms in that one, like a lot. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I'm not because that has all that weird gravity stuff going on with it. And the Sonic yeah. one too is like really sweaty palm times. It's not as yeah. bad as the Shadow one, although I still don't know how to go upwards on rails. Uh, on vertical rails really well. Um, I think I just kind of fell through that and kind of just did it because like, I, I don't, I, I died a lot in that last one with the, the, the second to last Sonic uh, level. Um, okay. So those, those yeah. two, the final rush and final chase, those were my least favorite levels. Like <laughs> I, I also had to, you know, have my boyfriend help me. But, like, we were working on them for, like, hours and hours. And by the yeah. time we were finished, like, we went through just, like, the whole spectrum of emotion, of just <laughs> rage and despair. And we were just, like, straight up laugh screaming by the end of it the, for the thousandth time we flew off into space. And it's so frustrating yeah. because they're really fun, like, conceptually and when they start out and kind of what you're doing. Like, they look really fun. Um, it's only when like you hit those few moments or you forget, oh, I'm not supposed to push forward on a rail because that'll slow me down, oddly enough. Yeah. Um, like I, I learned that one the hard way because I would just like all of a sudden just stop in the middle and be like, uh, I guess I die now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, See, yeah. That's, yeah. That's one of those quality of life things, which, again, people like to shit on Shadow the Hedgehog. That is one of the fantastic things that the quality of life in that game for the rail grinding, incredible. Easily one of the most fun like rail grinding game. Like forget skating games, skateboard games. No, Shadow the Hedgehog, best grinding game. I mean, period. I would not be opposed <laughs> to eventually picking up Shadow the Hedgehog now after this. Uh, can, can we like, talk about the reason why there's rail grinding in this game? Yes, it's all product placement, baby, for a company soap that no shoes. longer exists. What? Soap, yeah, shoes. soap shoes. Yeah, that's a Maybe. real deal yes. thing. They yes. were grinding shoes. There were some guy was trying to make that take off as a sport. Oh my god! And that's that's, that's why, why Sonic wears soap shoes. Yeah, that's why he has weird shoes. And then oh. um, Shadow has the same shoes. Oh yeah, yeah, soap shoe Sonic, the the, the plush. Yeah. I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they're they're like special rail grinding shoes. Yeah. And that's oh the God. only reason there's rail grinding in Sonic. And now it's like an integral part of like Sonic games is rail grinding. Yeah. 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 Again, I'm not I'm not complaining. There's a lot of parts in it that are fun. Like the the is it the space station one where you control the gravity? That one's fun with the rail grinding on that one. Um, yeah, the final rush and final chase are just like they're they grind you to dust, man. Yeah, they're not literally. Yeah, there's uh, <laughs> and what's and it is heartbreaking because they do start out really fun. Like I'm I really was like, oh, man, I'm really into this final level. Yeah. All right. And then I'm like, I hate everything. Um, I, I no longer understand what joy is. Everything that I have loved <laughs> turns to ash in my mouth. I have like. There's 
nothing matters anymore. And I'm like, oh God, it's just, and the gravity things with shadow where you're jumping from the one thing to the other, that's miserable. Like I'm, yeah, I, I, oh God. Uh, but there's, but we're, we've done a lot of crapping on it. Do we have anything else we want to crap on before we start moving on to some good stuff? Cause there is good stuff here, guys. We swear. Yeah. Cause I, I was going to say, is there anything, uh, lore wise that was confusing for you guys? Cause that is probably something where there can be good there. So we could transition into good. Oh yeah. But I feel like to somebody that's not familiar with deep Sonic lore. <laughs> Uh, it could be very confusing, specifically around some of the characters and their ages. Yep. Oh, yes. Is, is Tails a literal child? Yes, he's a literal eight-year-old child. <laughs> okay. And, you sound and his, his name... Baby. Yeah, and his name is Miles Prowler. Yeah, yes. His, his name is Miles Prowler, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My... He's a, he... He's an eight-year-old. My big question was, like, I was sitting here watching this, and, like, you know, Dr. Robotnik shows up at the yes. tail end of this and it's like eggman's like oh it's my grandfather i'm like wait well, a that's minute gerald's robotnik i dr I'm... robotnik from the og games is dr eggman okay because Rob- i was about robotnik to say is, family name. is dr yeah. robotnik that we're seeing on the tv the guy from the older games and then eggman is like the next generation of like you know evil mustache guys that sonic has just encountered and sonic just doesn't age so it's it they don't really address it i don't believe they really address it in lore they just kind of go from calling him robotnik to calling him eggman but robotnik is essentially his family name dr eggman is more or less the nickname that he leaned into because ha you gonna call me egghead fuck it i'm egghead i'm eggman and that's it (laughs) got it uh but yeah robotnik is his grandfather maria um is his cousin okay I, I I do want to say something else though. Like, man, that's cold. Like his grandfather just being like, "Oh, Mar- <laughs> Maria's dead. I have nothing left to live for." Like, thanks, Grandpa. No, yeah, no, yeah. yeah. The you base your whole fucking life around. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, can we can we talk about how odd that final video was? Like that is so. Gun came to shut down the arc. They figured out he did some weird thing. He's chained up. They're about to open fire on him. This is his final words. And they were like, nah, say what you want, man. We'll program it into your, you know, death ray. We'll leave it there for you. Yeah. How did that? (laughs) What? This was like something (laughs) out of a Danganronpa game. I was like really confused. (laughs) I forgot how dark it got real fast. I, I, I was really thrown aback by it because I'm like, what is happening? Like, it's a still image and it's like stylized, like Rouge is reading something off, I guess. And like, there's like guys in the back are like, finish up. Oh, we got guns on you. Do what you got to do. Like, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just out of nowhere. It like teeters on the line of almost like a snuff film. And then it's like, okay, well, we're all going to go together because, like, even this is this is too far even for Eggman. He wants to control the world. He doesn't want to kill it. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to piss on the moon. It's fine. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yep. yeah he just wants to make half of the moon his face. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Good for him. Um, and then I guess some other just quick character ages. So Amy is supposed to be 12. Uh, Sonic is... Eventually gets retconned to being 15, but I think may have been supposed to be 16 in this game. So we'll go with 15. Knuckles is 15. Rouge is 18. Shadow is old in the sense that, like, he was made 50 years ago. Yeah. 
uh, Robotnik doesn't have an age. But yeah, so so Team Sonic is literal child, tween, Sonic and Knuckles, and then adults. Just just adults. Like, if, <laughs> if Rouge is 18, <laughs> all of her, like, vaguely flirtatious moments with Knuckles are, like, extremely squicky she's not given an age so she's like set she's somewhere in 17 to 18 because she's supposed to be like hired by the government so we're supposed to assume she's like of age and also sonic fans are weird so i'm sure they wanted to err on the side of make her 18 just in case yeah yeah which was probably a wise choice considering the the character design they stuck with for rouge for that that's like, like she's she's very um what's the word i'm looking for to put it delicately uh <laughs> she's a uh, curvaceous bodily... curvaceous yeah curvaceous um pinup form yeah it's like, like <laughs> did you did you have to though sega sega did you have to give her a heart-shaped uh top like yeah, was, she's got hearts everywhere. She's got hearts on her boots. She got hearts on her chest. No, yeah, she got the her heart. Chest is a heart. Her boobs yeah. are between the heart parts. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are. Sega knew what they were doing. They knew they hit golds. Uh, that Sega of America hit golds with uh, Sally, and Amy was too young, so they had to go. They needed canon game, you know, sex appeal. Oof. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Oh man. And all the artwork for her in this game is very sensual. Um, uh, like she's pretty mm-hmm. tame in the game itself. Like she's vaguely flirtatious with Knuckles and just kind of, yeah. you know, chills around and does mysterious stuff. Um, she's you know, she's the Ada Wong of this of this video game. <laughs> See, she's the Ada Wong that like you know that she would actually have your back yeah. and she'll act like she won't, but she will genuinely have your back. Whereas eight is still like 50, 50. That's <laughs> like, maybe I'll come back. Maybe uh, yeah, I'll help yeah. out. Uh, yeah, know, unless you kind of look like Leonardo DiCaprio, it's 50, 50. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's, it's only Garrett gets really weirdly sexual when you get to the, the artwork. So I'm curious, was this kind of like a, Oh, we programmed this female character or whatever. And then suddenly, Sega's like, well, what if we gave her titties? Like, like real titties. Like, like you know, bouncing boobas. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, in the Dreamcast game, I be- it was it was swapped for a different outfit, which I love the outfit in the Dream in the uh, GameCube version. Uh, she had a full tilt like dominatrix, Catwoman, cat suit, alternate costume in the Dreamcast version. Oh wow! So. <laughs> And they they changed it to this real cute, like, crop tops, booty shorts, thigh highs kind of outfit, more kind of akin to, like, a casual, you know, early 2000s outfit uh, for the GameCube version, which makes a lot more sense. Yeah. (laughs) A lot more, you know, appropriate. They weren't going as hard. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't go as hard. (laughs) And even one thing I will say, uh, because, again, they tend to be very vague with these characters' ages. Like, I think even Knuckles being 16, her being 18, that's still, you know, like a, a sophomore and a senior in high yeah, school. Yeah. Uh, and the way that she behaves, even though she's meant to be this government agent, she behaves like a 16, 17-year-old girl. Yeah, absolutely. Which is does. kind of endearing in yeah. a way. Yeah. It's like, here's this, she's supposed to be one of the cool adult baddies, but like, she's a mess. <laughs> she's a mess like everyone else. 
there's there's a really interesting character dynamic between the three of them too because mm-hmm. uh shadow doesn't seem to really respect or care about robotnik that much at all he's just kind of like I, I like I, the fact that he looks like his creator probably barely registers for him so yeah when Robotnik like says anything or is vaguely threatening, it's kind of like I don't think Shadow is very is very impressed or cares. Uh, but when yeah. Rouge suddenly shows up, he's like, "Oh, this bad creature that I am unsure of. Uh, you challenge me mentally and my emotions and things." Um, although yeah. he is not the romantic interest, it's clearly Knuckles. Yeah. But like they're building yeah. a friendship or a and a somewhat uh, hostile friendship at that, where he does feel challenged by her. Meanwhile, yeah. Robotnik is like, ah, Shadow, this this thing that I have to be wary of and unsure of and like maybe possibly he'll betray me. And like Rouge the Bat, he's like, oh, there's that bat chick. Yeah, she's just bat girl for, yeah. for yeah. a good chunk of the game. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> like it's so like, interesting because okay, they're all kind help. of like rock, paper, scissoring each other, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why like one thing. And I think a lot of my love for this game is the way that later on games build up these relationships because Robotnik is you know he's there because they wanted to have that like dynamic but the way that they build Rouge and Shadow's relationship from here because I'm I'm I guess mild spoilers it's the end of the game Shadow is fallen to earth lord knows what happens I'm not I'm not going to give away the conclusion but yes there are shadows that appear in later games and the big thing is, so is that the real shadow, like this shadow, or were there more shadows? And so the way that Rouge handles those interactions and the way that at least the shadow that she interacts with, it's like such a delightful like growth from, like you see her development as a character without him and her interactions with Knuckles and all of that. But then the influence that like, you know, her being more grounded, more adult, more understanding of herself and having dealt with Shadow in this game, how she handles his character from there. Like there's there's so much great potential there. Yeah, I think that platonically definitely is, <laughs> especially if we're going to go through this like, oh, are you my friend or aren't you? How do I? Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do got to say, like, we're sitting here, we're talking about the villains, and I really feel like the, the good guys got shortchanged. <laughs> like, because <laughs> like, their story really does amount to, oh, Sonic's got to get the emeralds again. And also, at one point, Amy is kidnapped, and that's kind of about it. Meanwhile, the bad guys have, like, uh, I've got to unearth my family secrets. Uh, I may or may not be a, a creative weapon. Do I need to ha- get vengeance? I'm unsure. I'm a mysterious, possibly government agent doing spy stuff. And I got big boobies. <laughs> like, that's... <laughs> Distraction <laughs> tactics. Yeah. And the other guy, the good guys are like, I, you know, they're your box standard Sonic characters who go on box standard Sonic adventure. Uh, like, it's such a shame. Like, why'd all the good writing go to these guys? Yeah. That's like, I still feel like one of my favorite things with Knuckles is that, like, when I first went into this game, I'm kind of like, how are they going to connect Knuckles into this? Because he's doing his own random ass shit as per usual. Yep. Someone came, fucked with the Master Emerald. He's got to deal with it. It sucks, but he's got to do it. And he straight up, af- somehow, Pumpkin Hill leads to the underside of the city. And he just like, he's like, ah, I'm here now. What's up, guy? <laughs> they don't give a shit where he was. They don't care what he was doing. They're just like, oh, Knuckles, we're doing hero shit. Come on. but when you think about it in the context of you have sonic who's constantly just looking for some like next hit of energy uh amy who is 12 years old and following this 15 around 15 year year old around 
you know, like her savior. And then an eight-year-old, I mean, unfortunately, there, there's not always going to be a whole lot going on there. No. No, yeah, they're, they're just around. It's fine. We're, we're this, many years this, away like, from Sonic year... Boom, where, <laughs> yes. where these characters would get a little bit more flushed out. Because <laughs> yeah. even by Sonic Boom, to give context, by Sonic Boom, they've shifted Amy's age, so their relationship's a little more appropriate and balanced. So Sonic's like 16, Amy's like 15. Um, Tails, by Sonic Boom, they upped him to like 12. And Knuckles, I think, is 18. So they shift the ages to be a little more adulty and like appropriate to like the way they behave. Yeah. Still all somehow connected same universes, you know. Somehow, some Amy way. just suddenly yeah. suddenly just gets closer to Sonic's age. It's fine. <laughs> Listen, when you spend that much time like, you know, chaos controlling or like dealing yeah. with like the, the the mystical forces that control the universe, something's gonna get a little crazy, and then all of a sudden Sonic's gonna have a scarf. We don't know how it happened, but okay. not again, not not to delve too deep into Archie lore, but Archie actually kind of did a thing like that in order to get Sonic's age to fit in better with other characters. He essentially disappeared into space through some time warpy things for a bit, and his age like matched up better with everyone else when he came back. Oh my god, that's because he, he was amazing. gone for like a year. Yeah. <laughs> He was gone for like a year and they're like, oh, yeah, you just didn't age. Everybody else did, though. It's fine. You're all like 16. It's cool. He went to just like one of those weird like time dilation spaces in outer space. And now he's yep. he's older. Gravity yep. warps time. <laughs> in what way? Eh, whatever. Yeah. Science. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's something about science that says this could happen, right? Not really. Eh, F it. Close enough. We're making our own science. It's fine. Yeah. So... Talking about the villain side of things. So yeah, unfortunately, the villains did get the bigger side of the story, but that's kind of, they put all of their plot eggs in those ba- in that basket. Yeah. So what were your thoughts on the end of the game? That like last, I'm, I want to say half hour, but I have a feeling it probably took you guys longer, which is very reasonable. Um, but that, that last little bit of the game. The, with, the, uh, with the combination thing, when everything starts hitting the fan? Yep. Um, I like the shadow boss fight with the the lizard thing. I don't get the lizard though. Like, wh- why is there a giant lizard? Uh, that so that's but that fight with shadow was cool though because you got to grail up it to hit the thing, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of fun. Even though I was kind of sick of, of grinding on rails at that point, I I didn't care. I thought that was still cool. Yeah. You see, and that's that's the boss battle that I was referencing when we were talking about. Um, Ocarina of Time and that first like in Dodongo's Cavern Mm -hmm. that first lizard thing you go against I was like oh that's Bio Lizard in the sense that Bio Lizard knocked that off because this came out after that but (laughs) but but no but Bio Lizard was cool I really liked that boss fight and like the boss fights were kind of one of the weaker parts of the game but then they had like two or three stellar ones yeah like I I really uh, liked King Boom Boo I loved King Boo Boo I really liked the giant, uh, what was he? The 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 statue guy? Oh, the yeah, golem. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, the golem. Golem. Yeah, it, that was golem. great. I loved that. That was so cool. Like, I was like, I was really into it at that point. Um, a, a lot of the stuff having to do with the desert was great. Uh, I'm sorry, we're getting away from the finale. But like, yeah. Bio Lizard was cool. I really liked that final boss fight. Yeah. But not so, like, as, I didn't like it. I, I did like it more than the fight that came afterwards with like the two supersonics. Yeah, yeah. Um, but so with Bio Lizard, just to 
make that make sense. Bio Lizard was the prototype of Shadow. Oh. So Geralt was in space. Um, I will give just kind of, because they don't get into Maria's illness. Maria had um, essentially a neurological immune disorder that's like supposed to be like a neurological version of uh, HIV AIDS. Oh. Um, so she was chronically, chronically ill. Uh, Gerald Robotnik volunteered to work on Project Shadow to create the ultimate life form to try to find a cure. So Bio Lizard was the first attempt. Did not go well because he was very weak. As you could see, he was very metallic. He had to be connected to the arc. He needed too much life support. His, uh, the track that plays Supporting Me, again, kind of goes back into that. He was, you know, could have potentially been an ultimate life form, but his body could not survive being an ultimate life form. Mm. So Shadow was actually the second round. Um, and uh, Gerald Robotnik made him more to be a protector in part for humanity, but mostly for Maria while again, trying to figure out her weakness so that she could have this like strong protector to take care of her because the, the disease made her physically very weak. You know, what bio lizard was missing that what? why he couldn't be what? the ultimate life form. What? Snowshoes. No, those soap yeah. shoes. He didn't have soap shoes. Yeah. If he had four little soap shoes, <laughs> he could have been the ultimate. She needed special soap shoes. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's what it was. That's why he. That's why he didn't work out. Like yeah. Doctor Robotnik knew. It was like, you know what? Soap shoes. It's gonna fix everything. Yeah. Exactly. Hover soap shoes. Yep. <laughs> Fifty was, years before they even were designed. That was actually really cool. Like there were slight differences in like the feel of Sonic versus shadow, like that little, like kind of I'm skating on whatever I'm, uh, whatever I'm walking on technically was kind of fun, even though it was, no, yeah. yeah. The fact that aesthetic. he had like, like inbuilt Heelys instead yeah. of, the yeah. body, you know, <laughs> but he controlled different too, which was really like satisfying when you're I, going I say, between I like the shadow Sonic levels more than shadow, the Sonic yeah. ones. Like yeah, the, I agree. Yeah. I, I love me some Sonic. But the shadow levels are so much fun. They are. They're really Again, good. because of that difference in control. Because it it seems very subtle, but that subtlety does make a big difference. Yeah. It feels like smoother somehow to control. And Absolutely. then when you're when you're going on these, you know, big fast running parts, it's like, oh heck yeah. This is Sonic the Hedgehog. I want to go fast. And then I, you just can and it's beautiful. Way less as Shadow than I did as Sonic. Like it's kind of connected to that. How did you guys play this game? Because the way that most people I know tend to play it would be go through all of the hero stuff, which is kind of like the normal difficulty, then going through all of the uh, dark stuff, which is a bit harder. But if you go through at least a couple of the hero ones to like warm yourself up, I think it makes it a lot easier to do like the shadow stages, for example. Uh, whenever I would like get frustrated with a level and die too many times, I just went over to the other side. So I ended up playing the game more or less chronological order. Okay. And then like at that at that credit sequence where they like give you a preview for the dark side, I'm like, oh wait, was I supposed to do all of the hero stuff first? Whoops. <laughs> so then Al, what about you? Uh, I tried to go through the vast majority of the uh, hero stuff first and then hit up the dark side. And I got to uh final rush i think this the sonic one before i got really frustrated went to the other one and then got caught up in rouge the bat and then just went back and 
bullied through <laughs> my way on the Sonic one and had Nate come and uh, beat the Rouge section because I couldn't. Yeah. Which you mean? Which I do. Again, I I don't know. I haven't read any developer interviews or anything, but I do believe the way you played it, Al, is the way that people that the developers assumed people would play it because of that credit scene at the end of it. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And then at the end of the dark side, uh, so like even if you played the dark story the whole way to the end, it would then show you the thing for like the the final chapter. Which like if you did, if you decided no, I like Shadow, I want to play the dark side first. Then you'd be like, oh, so do I not have to do the the heroes? But you still do. Yeah. If you want that final, if you want that final ending, you absolutely got to do it. Mm-hmm. And man, I uh, like there's there's it's interesting. I want to say I like the the times that the that the characters have their interactions because what's sort of unsatisfying about just playing the hero one first is because you don't realize that the Sonic versus Tails final battle sorry uh tails versus robotnik <laughs> final battle is like a rematch like yeah because yeah. that's you 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 as eggman beat him up earlier in the game and then like tails like all right i gotta go fight him and like oh if i had known this was a rematch this would carry so much more weight like tails finally like you know like toughing and toughening up and being like, i'm gonna go beat him up and he does he beats him up yeah how does that feel getting your butt kicked by an eight-year-old yeah <laughs> <You> nerd <laughs> <laughs> this eight-year-old built a better mech than you did deal with it <laughs> yeah those are my favorite parts though like if we're gonna move on to some of the things that were yeah. that we loved the robotnik tails uh levels were great the robotnik ones way more than the tails ones oddly enough uh, except for that one that yeah. was pitch black and i hate it um because i couldn't tell what was going on but even then um these were a blast i love the tails robotnik stuff uh, that was like just hanging around in my chicken walker and like firing missiles at things was just, <laughs> it was so good. Oh man. I got to blow up police cars and uh, like run through the city and stuff. I got to like fight on a space station and fire. It was man. This was like, not what I think of when I think of Sonic games, but it was a lot of fun. No. Yeah. There's like, something deeply satisfying about just like, you just hit the the fire button and all, just all of the things just explode automatically around you. And it's just like, uh, how great, it's beautiful. How great yeah. was the, uh, the aircraft carrier level, like where you're just going along the military ships and you just blow up everything that's stationary oh. on. Is he just something, something about the anti-police, anti-military message throughout this whole game. Yeah, that's it's pretty strong <laughs> yeah, in, a, yeah. in a weird way. <laughs> like it's straight up like Sonic's like, nah, fuck the police. They're they're species profiling me. <laughs> and then and then on the Eggman side, it's like, nah, we're gonna beat up the government just to beat them up. Let's yeah, just do it. <laughs> they didn't really say why. We just like we don't like the government. Yeah, and we're just weirdest... gonna sit there and blow them all up. You're you're mostly fighting like the government through this because like yeah. even if Eggman has like a plan or, or things to do like they're as we come to find out we're not fighting his robots his robots aren't the ones we're destroying it's all like you yeah. know leftover either current gen or leftover government stuff that's just kind of around that we have to beat up um because yeah. that yeah they're species profiling Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> <laughs> it's like what's the difference between these two photos there isn't one <laughs> One's blue, one's red and black, but I mean, okay. All They're right. both a talking hedgehog. How <laughs> many could fast. there be? It's like, uh, like I, 
Man. To be fair, Amy always gets, and that that is a running gag throughout the franchise. Every time a new hedgehog character is introduced, uh, like when when Silver is introduced, who's like a fourteen year old and like bright friggin' like silver white, Amy goes up and hugs him, and she's like, "Oh my god, Sonic!" It's like someone's got to get this girl glasses. Yep, she needs she needs it. Does she look <laughs> is in she, a is mirror? Blind? <laughs> I'm like, oh Sonic, there you are. Oh wait, that's just me. It's like. <laughs> Give Is this some sort of like meta reference to like how hedgehogs actually see? I would like to know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Google that right now. It's the opposite <laughs> of the hedgehog, hedgehog dilemma. She's not afraid of hugging other people. <laughs> She's so unafraid that she just hug everything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, wait. Compared to humans, hedgehogs have poor eyesight. So maybe that is the joke. Maybe. Oh, <laughs> their, limited eye- oh, their limited eyesight allows them to see the outlines of objects. And their color vision is limited to shades of cream and brown. Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> so maybe it is. This is Amy. Nothing the government has done. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't excuse the government. But Amy Amy gets a pass. Yep. She's also 12. Yeah, <laughs> But so, how about how about music? Because we touched on it a little bit. Yeah. What are some of you guys' favorite tracks? I, I'm all in on or- these knuckles levels. Like right. apparently, the guy's named Hunted P, and he just does all these like custom raps just for Knuckles, mm-hmm. the echidna, and yeah, they are fantastic. Yeah, I'm with Falana on this. Then I I was yeah. not not really a big fan of uh of those levels but the music rocked every single time the space level and like even when i was getting frustrated in certain things like i could still jam out to like what was going on i can't remember the lyrics but i was like some but i can remember the beat in my head i remember the sound of the voice and like something oh home gonna like it was like ah god it was so good so even if you're miserable it's like at least you can jam yeah. while you're angry <laughs> just, just chill back and, and then of course <laughs> and then of course Running around at the speed of sound. <laughs> <laughs> the penultimate meme song. Yep. It is. Uh-huh. It's like I associated that line with Sonic the Hedgehog, like, before I even knew what Sonic the Hedgehog was, I think. That was, that's the first level one, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the Gotta best. That was... from the city. That like, really it, it... sets the tone perfect because, like, it's. Man, I was so hype when uh, that started and I started to go through that level. It was like, man, all right, best Sonic game ever. Here we go. <laughs> I, I Really, it sets it up high and then you're kind of like, okay, well. Yeah. As soon as I get to the first part where I'm like, I'm not running forward anymore and I got to slow down. I'm like, um, hey, what's going on? I got to run at the speed of sound. Uh, go back to having the truck chase me down the street again. I, I liked that. What's, what's going yeah, on yeah. Which I mean, shout out to Gun. For sending a giant street-wide Hummer to run over a, like, three-foot-tall hedgehog. Yep. Shout out to that. <laughs> and then just wreck the entire rest of the street just yeah. with this giant truck. It's it's the whole peace uh, peacemaker mentality. Listen, I will I will go obtain peace, and I don't care how many men, like, men, women, and children I have to murder to get it. <laughs> <laughs> But that that first level is like it's almost perfect, like yeah. almost it's it's real good. Yeah, and it, it's one of those things where, especially in retrospect, because 
because uh, Sonic Generations is a game they put out a few years ago for one of the anniversaries. And essentially, the whole premise of it is taking classic levels and remaking them with like 2D Sonic and 3D Sonic. And funny enough, the weak, one of the weakest levels in the entire thing was the City Escape level because you just couldn't really adapt it to something else. Because they tried to do it in like the modern, modern day Sonic and then the classic Sonic style and just nothing captures City Escape better than the original City Escape. Yeah, it's because it's it just kinda, such a specific feeling. Yeah, it is more or less just what it is. Like you're you you got to jump out of the helicopter. You got to land on the grind rail. You have to spend it all just like trying to, you know, got to go fast and yeah. trying to add platforming or like either 2d or 3d it doesn't quite fit in that in that level it doesn't even fit when they do it in the game in this game the few moments of slowdown are don't feel awkward and strange so trying to turn the level into that it doesn't work yeah no yeah that's a lot of the problems i had just like you have levels where you have this like really seamless you're just running around at the speed of sound as sonic the hedgehog and it's great and then all of a sudden you have to stop and like do some weird platforming and then go fast again. And it's very yeah. jarring. Yeah. The shadow levels, I feel like work the best because I don't know what it was, but they, they transitioned. I don't know if they were made them second or what, or how that all worked out. But uh, in comparison to like the jungle level with shadow in compared to the time jungle level with Sonic, even the, the time uh, aspect of before the bomb goes off, isn't really that bad. But I remember playing through that and being like, man, this might be my favorite one. And then halfway through it, I'm like, I'm dying a lot. And <laughs> now this is getting frustrating. And I don't because like this isn't working anymore. The aesthetics, the music, the, the way the game is played is great. But like I, I'm tired of jumping and then like, oh, no, that's not a thing. And then dying as opposed to Shadow, where it's like, no, I know where I'm going. Ninety nine percent of the time. Uh, I, I don't feel quite awkward. Oh, man. Uh, I should have mentioned this earlier, but like the camera is awful. Like, the camera is so bad. It's it, it oh gosh, you every single time. And I'm like, stop! Like if if you're gonna give me control of the camera, let me move it. And that's why I wind up kicking it so many times in these platform segments, because it's like if you're not if you want to have control of the camera game, take control of the camera. Don't give it to me. Don't let me try and position it and then immediately snap it back when I try and move the character. No, like, yeah, oh it makes God. you, uh, it just forces you to make these leaps of faith where you yeah. you can't see where you're going, where you're supposed to go. I have no idea. Yeah. And then like you're, this is not a game where you're encouraged to be risk averse. Like you have a limited number of lives until you have to start all over again. So I, I had to start all over again many, many times, especially in the, in the robotic levels. I remember something about controlling the mechs and the cameras and doing that like platforming that was it was really janky and really? was really frustrating yeah that's so that's very interesting the robotnik ones were never an issue for me the tail there were a couple tails ones that were a little off um but nine times out of ten except for the one time where i was literally blind in that dark level with robotnik where yeah. like, all the lights <laughs> were off um i i normally controlled them pretty fine like the camera wasn't that bad like it was sometimes where it was most notice noticeable but like no rouge and knuckles Sonic and Shadow, anytime I just wanted to get my bearings better or anything, it was like, nah, fam. And that's so annoying when you're either Rouge or Knuckles and you're like, you're trying to move from one wall to the other. 
and the camera's like, nah, fam, we're not going to let you see where you're going. Like, all right, thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I had um, such bad problems with the Bruges boss fight with the like little helicopter, where if you ended up beneath yeah. the helicopter, like the, the game would just freak out because the camera is always pointed at the helicopter. So if you're under the helicopter, you cannot see your character move. So you can't tell which way your character is going. Yeah. Uh, and even a lot of those boss battles, having played them again, again, except for I, I do feel like BioLizard was very satisfying. Um, King, King Boo Boom, I really enjoy. Yeah, and then the Golem, I really enjoy. But the fighting the gun ones across the board, not fun. And just for the sake of it, I finally looked up people like speedrunners that play it. And the way that they do the boss battles was insanely different than the way that I typically do them. And I was just like, damn, you mean there's a way to do these and not hate life and hate the camera <laughs> and hate everything? <laughs> like you straight up, you can beat um, like Sonic and Shadow specifically, those opening ones against pretty much the same exact mech with different names. Yeah. You could beat those in like a minute. If you if you did it by jumping on top of the boxes and attacking them. Oh, like, oh that yeah, and that never occurred to me. Yeah, it never occurred to I was, me either. I I, yeah. I I went to like wait for them to do the thing, land, do the missiles, one attack, rinse, repeat. Yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Which I mean, to be fair, I think that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah, but but I think they give you the those boxes to hit it in the air because speed running is a thing. At least it, they they knew speed running was a thing by this At time. At least for Sonic games, yeah. yeah. So they were probably like, "Oh, this is this is here." So for the people that know, you know, they they know what yeah. to do with them. Because there are a lot of speed challenges that you can do uh, to unlock additional things, and I'm sure that's one of them. Beating those bosses in an amount of time where you would have to jump on top of the boxes to take it out. Yeah. All right, I have a random question. Um, yeah. Somewhat of a non sequitur, but like th- we've talked about a lot of the gameplay styles, but there's one we're forgetting. Um, and it's the most hysterical one. It's the cart. When, yes. When, oh my God. When Tails and Rouge like are just about it. chasing down the president in the car. <laughs> no, tales tales something about an 8-year-old fox that built his own mech that turns into a car going, "I have to find the president." You it just tickles me in such a way. Oh. Like, you know this is a pre-911 world. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. You could chase down the president <laughs> in your robot car. Yeah. And then just break into his car and have a conversation, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah as a little absolutely. tiny fox. I, I really want to know, is this just Japan, like, kind of, like, taking a dig at America with, like, a government agency called Gun and, like, a bunch of, like, overzealous kind of, like, we're just going to make robots and shoot things. And then the president I, kind of being like, oh, gosh, golly gee, problems and someone peed on the moon. What am I going to do? And then yeah. Sonic is like, I got you, fam. We're going to do this and fix it. Don't worry, Mr. President. Oh, it's a hedgehog. What? <laughs> it's it's renowned international hero american hero sonic the hedgehog yeah because i think part of it is i mean i'm sure part of it is kind of a dig at america being all guns and violence and government and ah but i think part of it is just that wanting kind of establishing sonic as like an american thing like the game is like city escape 
clearly based around uh, San Francisco. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dev team went to San Francisco and just like hung out. They took a bunch of photos and were just so stoked about basing it on an American city. Um, so I think part of it is that kind of like seeing America, seeing a Japanese game developer trying to make a very American thing from a very Japanese perspective. I like that though, actually. That's like, like it's, yeah. It's very fun. It's wholesome. It makes it very cheeky in, like you said, like a very wholesome way. Um, yeah. But here's my question that we brought up the the car bits. Have either of you played the race car part of this game? I have. It's yes. not good. Yeah, it's awful. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. I, like, it's it's one of those, it's, it's fun when you just want to mess with friends. Like, I have very fond memories of playing it with Yoko and just us yelling and cursing at each other and being angry and then, like, throwing it down and then picking it back up, like, two minutes later. Okay, so this wasn't... For goofing. This wasn't uh, Sega's, uh, like, Mario Kart killer, essentially. This was not them, yeah. like... Nah. Trying to Sonic like R was... did it better. Uh, oh, Sonic R was better? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I fell. Yeah. I mean, that's not saying much though. No, it's not, but like that's the I, I wouldn't have assumed that, but well, maybe I need to get maybe I need to play me some Sonic R, I guess. Mm. Do you want to be terrified? <laughs> uh you know, I you hey. Feel maybe, the maybe now. <laughs> But yeah, like that was so. It's there's a lot of options for you in this game, and yeah. thank God for that, as there are definitely uh, things you can get to. Because we're sitting here, I think we had vastly different experiences uh, based upon like what things we enjoyed and what things we didn't. Like you guys were all gung ho about like now the <laughs> knuckles and rouge stuff was great. It was like no, that was torture. Ah. <laughs> and like my favorite stuff winds up being the mech things. Uh, but it's it's very interesting, like. Do we feel like since our favorite bits weren't necessarily the Sonic bits, does that theoretically mean like Sonic and Shadow, like the Sonic proper bits are like kind of coming off as like the second ringers or like the the uh, not the star of the game they should be the star of? Because I don't even remember the Shadow Sonic fights. I mean, I know they happened, but like I don't I don't remember anything about them. Uh I the final fight between Sonic and Shadow, because for me, it's so iconic is I think about that one a lot. I, I really enjoy that one and I enjoy the way that it was done. But I do feel like, like when I was a kid, that was all I wanted was the Sonic and Shadow stuff. And I was frustrated that I had to go through all this other nonsense, like not just give me more Sonic and Shadow. But now I'm like, I kind of appreciate them all for what they are. Yeah. No. For me, it does kind of take a backseat to the Knuckles and Rouge because now I just, uh, for me now, I appreciate those more because I like the just kind of like, nah, I want to slow down investigate and then go back to another high speed hmm. i liked the the sonic and shadow levels but only when they like worked like like we said before <laughs> when you're when you're going around at the speed of sound it's amazing it's beautiful like that part where you're zooming through the half of the tree as shadow in that jungle level yes just, yeah. uh, oh beautiful and you're White swinging jungle. through the trees and it's just uh absolute chef's kiss that is what i want in a sonic game yeah shadow's jungle level yeah. absolutely kicks the crap out of sonic's jungle level yeah. in my opinion and and just uh kind of a little bit back to music as well i think white jungle is probably all around my favorite level in the game because i love that track 
I love the lyrics of it. I like the sound of it. I love the way it fits with the level itself. The level is good. The gameplay is good. The Vine stuff is like oddly satisfying. 10 out of 10. Yeah. No, yeah. It just lets you like smoothly glide through the level. Like it barely feels like effort. You're just zooming. It's beautiful. Yeah, there's so there's so much to really love about those sections. Um, even if they don't wind up being your favorite by the end of the game, when they're good, they're really good. When they're bad, they're really, really bad. Um, yeah. But it's, but yeah, I feel like they still like even if they wind up being not the star of their own. Sonic doesn't wind up being the star of his own game, except in like story sense. That gameplay is still satisfying. Like I wouldn't want to just I wouldn't feel satisfied if it was just a game of I'm Robotnik and I just get to blow things up. Like that'd be fun, but I don't know if I would want to. <laughs> that wouldn't be my the game I would want to play like the whole time. Yeah. But I, I will say, like, and even like the Rouge and Knuckles stuff, as somebody that now enjoys that, I still don't think I would not want to do a whole game of that. Yeah. It's no, good I for what either. it is as a as a addition to stuff. Like the mech stuff is a good addition to stuff. But Felana, you would play a whole game like that? Uh, no, I wouldn't either. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, no. I was gonna say, if what, you were, hey, if you want to play a game like that, I can recommend you some Space Station Silicone Valley. <laughs> 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 and then I think one of one of the I guess interesting things to kind of wrap up and again into the next game. So the game that followed this up was uh, Sonic Heroes, which was another attempt, kind of, at different characters doing a storyline and that game didn't quite land well and then they like leaned heavily into shadow and that was the game with the guns and the motorcycles and for some reason there are hedgehog like these human baby sized hedgehog sized rvs that he could also drive but people kind of shit on it because haha why do you need guns but it takes a lot of the elements of the shadow levels and really perfects them. They do a really great job, again, with the music in that game, with the controls in that game. Like, they take all of the things that, like, we've all kind of enjoyed about the Sonic and Shadow levels and just makes it better. But because of the kind of game it is, I understand a lot of people not wanting to give it a shot. Yeah, it's really weird because the tone of, when you look at that, the cover of that game, it really kind of, like, mm, that really kind of puts you off because I I wouldn't want to play something where, like, you know childhood hero like pulls out a gat and just starts like open firing um I, as much as i love shadow as a character and like that let's I, if we can transition to shadow as a character a little bit because yeah. we've talked a lot about every about his story and other things but like shadow as a character is genuinely very fun um yeah he gets a lot of vegeta comparisons and i yes. absolutely see it <laughs> yeah especially in this game <laughs> Yep. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that like he'd say a line and I look at Sierra and I'd be like Vegeta and she'd be like, Who the fuck is that? And I'd be like, oh, fuck. Kakarot. No, <laughs> <not at the, laughs> no, yeah, he's the, the edgy one. Yeah. yeah incredibly. <laughs> but he's fun edgy. He's not like yeah. you know, stupid edgy or mm-hmm. like, you know, edgelord. He's just kind of like, haha, I'm like, I'm gonna like blow up the world because vengeance and Maria. It's like no, this Maria. Is yeah (laughs) and again that's one thing that i think makes him so compelling because kind of like vegeta once he gets out of that i have to destroy everything and realizes like oh there's more to life than that and he starts kind of becoming not really goofy but like more human more normal 
you know, but keeping keeping that same kind of like edginess, but developing, it's just so much fun. Yeah, it's just much more satisfying when they aren't like that for the entirety of the character's lifespan, because that'd just be miserable. Like, I know a lot of franchises that do that, where it's like, no, we can't have them stop being the like edgelord, like lone wolf type. They even if they develop, they have to still be like, no, I'm grown up now. Mom, leave me alone. I'm hanging out with my friends listening to The Offspring. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not wrong. <laughs> like, like, Shadow at least sounds yeah, like yeah. he's like, well, I mean, I'll go get milkshake with milkshakes with my friends, but also, like, I will listen to The Cure. You know, it's like, yeah, that's that's fine. That that sounds yeah. like a no. far more well-balanced person, Shadow. And, uh, he. He is 100% like, fine, I don't really want to go to the mall with you, Rouge, but we're getting milkshakes and I get to, I get the ox cord. (laughs) And then it is, it's Linkin Park, it's (laughs) The Cure. (laughs) And she's just like, you know what, I'll I'll support this because you're coming out of your room. Yeah. So he's he's adorable. He's great. Like, like, again, fantastic addition to the cast. I know that there's a reputation for Sonic the Hedgehog having way too many characters. But in Sonic Adventure, which I think is notorious for the start of that process, I feel like yeah. they did hit it, though. We got, like, the, the femme fatale, which admittedly Sonic didn't really need, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> He's still fun in her own way. Whatever, yeah. it's fine. And, like, you know, Sonic's Vegeta is great. Like, I think he's fantastic. This was not too many characters. This was the perfect amount. I don't know what changes afterwards. I hear in uh, in Sonic Heroes, we get, like, a whole other cast of, like, neutral yeah. characters that are involved like a uh an alligator and a bee and like yeah you get like charmy the yeah. bee and the Vector, the, the, the chameleon alligator. one yeah and it's see because i i do think sonic heroes was too many characters at once and then they backed off a bit when they did 06 and i i think the idea of introducing like two new core characters is much more palatable. Yeah. Whereas, because they 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 brought back Big the Cat and they brought in Cream, so you had essentially like the little girls and Big the Cat team. Yep. And then you had the like spy guys that were doing their levels weren't quite the same as everyone else's because like Sonic Team Sonic, their levels were like your standard Sonic levels. Team Dark was Sonic levels but harder. Then you had Team Cream, which was like easy mode. Like the one that you put like your little sister on, your little brother on, so that they can actually beat the game. And then you had uh, I don't I don't remember what team name they gave them, but essentially Chaotix, and they were doing like weird collect missions, uh, and you had to beat each one of them in order to unlock the final story. And most people just did not like the way that uh, SBO's team was. Gotcha. Which is understandable because it was like too much at once. And then you also don't necessarily want to have to have to go through the easy mode, you know. But the thing that I like about this is that those are two different paths that are very different games. They're not very different. They're different games, they're different levels. I'm not going through the same thing, except for the temple, I think, was one, and like uh another one of the space ones, like a couple of the the more explory level levels, like you had with Rouge and Knuckles were repeated, but none of the other stuff. Then when you get to like 
Sonic 06, then they introduced Blaze and Silver, which were essentially the new Shadow and Rouge. Yeah. And they like they they double down on like, no, Rouge has enough titty for the rest of the franchise. <laughs> so we're gonna we're going to literally give this cat a like a, a cup size complex because she has an A chest and she hates it. Oh like no. that you don't oh, need no. that. Hmm. Okay. Oh no, that that was a choice, huh? Yeah, that was a choice. Is that really a thing? Really? Like, yeah, it's it's mostly in supplemental things. In one of the like shorter, like one of one of the like handheld games, I think there's like an offhanded reference to it, and then it's like more like there's I believe a reference in the Archie comics as well, uh, and then fans just kind of ran with it. Oh. But it was like one of those weird asides where it's like you didn't need to do that. Like, cause that's fine. <laughs> Because that, that's the weird thing about about these characters is like you could there's not a, a ton of characterization besides the broad amounts of characterization. So any little quirk is going to get blown up to huge flanderization because yeah. it's all we got. So if Blaze the Cat makes one comment about like, I wish my boobs were bigger. Fuck you, Rouge. <laughs> like, then that's her whole character is I yeah. wish I had big titty. Well, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't directly in the context of Rouge, but it, you know, you look at one character being like, mm, I feel bad that my chest is small. And then Rouge is right there. Yeah, Rouge They're is right there. Like, okay. yeah, yeah, she, she's right there. <laughs> she's right there. I will invent this machine and I will get half of your booba. <laughs> totally Spies did that. They were ahead of their time. Oh, but God. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> You know what? We'll, ne we'll never get a time to talk about Totally Spice again, but let's talk about this cartoon that was, like, really funny, but also, like, guys. Weird. Yeah, who's, <laughs> who was making this fetish uh, not yeah. porn for kids? <laughs> There's a lot of weird stuff about yeah. feet and body inflation and, like, yeah. cat people. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. there's so much. There's so much in this show. What is happening? Like, you got a green light to make this a cartoon for kids. What happened? <laughs> Where did we go wrong as a society? But it's like, the problem <laughs> is the show's still really funny. And it's still, like, kind of good. But, like, yeah. then it'll just do something really weird. And you're like, oh, man, I don't know if I should watch this anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's charming until it isn't. Yep. It's charming until you're old enough to realize that it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Because when you're a kid, like, nothing matters. It's like, ha ha, you know, their bodies are big, whatever, ha, huh? it's funny. Oh, look, feet are funny. Oh, man. Did we learn some connotation to that over the years about how, like, you know, guys, maybe feet aren't as funny as we thought they were. Maybe yeah, like iCarly. I thought feet oh, humor yeah. was like a top peak because of iCarly. And then I got older and I'm like, what is this? Oh, yeah. It turns out Dan Schneider's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, feet was a big thing on Nickelodeon <laughs> before iCarly. Uh, that like Nickelodeon would often have its logo in a foot. Like they were trying to hammer home, guys. Feet are funny, and like they're not though. Like they're they're. Yeah, and that was not the reason you were hammering this home, sir. Yeah. <laughs> no, a lot of Wild. that's Dan Schneider. Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh God! All right, like <laughs> well tangent, we know. But like, like, listen, guys, Sonic the Hedgehog makes you think of some really weird stuff because, yeah, because like, yeah, the thing, well, the thing is, I could connect this back to the Sonic fandom, but I'm actively choosing not to. Oh no, yes, no, yes. We, we know, no, we yeah, know. We'll leave it. Yeah, yeah. yeah can imagine fine. one yeah, of the biggest. It is actually things. fine to leave it because I would say, like, because yeah. we all know why there is, know. like, because Sonic is 
the fandom itself is often very closely connected to a lot of fetishized things. Nothing we have to go into particular. And we're not just talking about furries because that's not. Yeah. Sonic Sonic fans are a different category of furries. Like they're they're typically not even roped in with furries. Often. No, they're typically not. They're two very different groups. Yeah. Because <laughs> you can you can be a Sonic fan without being a furry. And I'm I'm really curious. Is this where it started? Is Sonic Adventure 2 where it started? Or was it Sonic Adventure? Or was it even the Genesis games? Because like. I don't remember, maybe it was because I was young, I don't remember Sonic having that big, like, weirdos who have, like, a very particular taste in porn um, are interested <laughs> in Sonic. I I don't remember that until, like, high school, and that was definitely after Sonic Adventure 2. And I don't want to put this all on Rouge, it's not all her fault, but... And um, I will say, it's it's... As far as that side of the community goes shadow is very popular there as well yeah. so you could pin it yeah. on this game and it's not inherently because haha big boobies no it's big boobies and edgy hot guy i think i Allegedly. think you're absolutely yeah. right and i think part of that also could be attributed to it was around the time that a lot of people because because sonic was kind of four teens but you got a lot of tweens that were into it. And then around the time of Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2, a lot of these kids were probably for sure coming into their teens and feeling weird things. And you just and form weird communities. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And then you just get on DeviantArt and draw some yeah. OCs. Because Devi DeviantArt was also getting really, really big around that time of, you know, it's more so like Heroes, Shadow the Hedgehog. But yeah. Guys. Same uh, kind of kids. To the audience. You like this is an absolute <laughs> game. This is a a thing that is real, and you can play it. Um, go ahead and type in your name in Google Images with Sonic OC on, next to it. There will be a character with your name that is someone's Sonic OC that exists out there in the earth. Uh, it it like it happened. Like I, I I've done it. I went out there and went and Google searched my my name with Sonic OC, and we got like a couple different results. And I was like, wow, check this out. Someone decided they were gonna name their Sonic OC this. Uh, it's and especially after Sonic Forces, like there's been an explosion. So even if you think you have an odd name, mm -hmm. guaranteed, or an, or an incredibly common one. Trust me, there's gonna be yeah. Frank the Hedgehog is out there somewhere. Or uh, yeah. Billy the Echidna. It's it. I'm sure it's a thing. Yeah, doesn't but, work for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a notable exception. Oh no. Oh, because I was so surprised when mine worked. Because I'm like, no one's gonna name their their character Alphonse. Oh no, wait, there's two. All right. Yeah. See, Lana, if you go if you go with Lana instead of Philana, there is actually a well known one, a well documented Lana. Oh no. <laughs> but yeah, but no Philana. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent that this is definitely born of the really cool, hot, edgy guy, but edgy in the good way, edgy in the hot way, not the I make jokes that are questionable, therefore I'm edgy kind of way. That's sells pretty hard. Like Shadow came in with a really cool aesthetic and a and I'm an actual bad boy kind of thing going yeah. for him. Um, like you feel for him. I love this character. I thought he was a joke, a meme for forever. And then all of a sudden I was like, no, he's, he's actually really cool. Combine that with sexy bat chick, uh, like big booba, like absolutely. I could see how this happens. I will say, yeah. you know, what my introduction to these characters were 
like way, way back in the day. Like I never knew who Rouge the Bat was until this. What? I read about Rouge the Bat in a Teen Titans fan fiction. (laughs) 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 Where Starfire decides I'm going to dress like Rouge the Bat. And I'm like, what are they talking? Oh, (laughs) well, all right then. <laughs> but I think that also, again, I'm not trying to psychoanalyze a, a portion of gamers. I'm not psychoanalyzing the Sonic fan. No, of course not. No, no. But I do feel like that that kind of checks out to my theory of this was a time period when a lot of these kids were becoming teens and they were going through things and they were feeling yeah. things. And that's a I think that's a solid proof of like kind of that crossover of kids just trying to figure figure themselves out. We all had that. As you do. Yeah. Yeah, we all had that time when growing up where there were those transitional crushes uh, for uh, characters in fiction that helped us graduate into more adult feelings. Um, yeah. I don't remember any of them really well off the top of my head. Uh, I'm trying to think of them. I'm sure I had them, but they're not coming to my brain right now. Um, oh, I can think of one. All right. So one that absolutely helped me with that tra- transition to my feeling discover. I, I, I like men, I have feelings for men. Um, and in that teenage y- years of like sort of really figuring myself out, um, Yami Bakora from Yu-Gi-Oh was influential to me, like coming out and like growing into my sexuality and like, oh my gosh, we've all had those moments from like kid shows where like you... And then you go out and you look into the fandoms or online for these fan fictions and stuff. So you can like sort of, I'm not alone in these feelings and I'm growing into that more adult. And eventually like you grow up and you're like, haha, wasn't that funny when I crushed on that cartoon character? And I will, cause again, I was, I was very young. Uh, one of my best friends was obsessed with Sailor Moon. I was of the age range of Chibiusa when the show was on the air. And having those couple of episodes where you got to see her aged up and then later on in the franchise, seeing her older and kind of getting to grow with her character, like that was definitely a thing for me. And again, that's just kind of that one of those you kind of grow up with these characters or you're viewing these characters in those ages, you know, and you're just kind of like, ah, yes. But but I feel I know a lot of people that kind of came into realizing that they were some kind of at least bisexual because of Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Oh, gee. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh my was, Valentine is, was my girl. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> what's really strange is like, like there's a lot of gay icon material, but Yu-Gi-Oh is so often uh, associated with like bi icon stuff. Like, yeah. But you have Pegasus. I mean, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> and then there is the power dynamic of my Valentine and, uh, and Joey. Yeah. Joey Wheeler. Because you you could really, like, ship a lot of those characters, and it all kind of worked, but yet for some reason everybody hated Taya, and I I don't know where that came from. That was from. the dub's fault. That <laughs> was 100% the dub's fault. The moment I read the manga, and then I watched just some of the episodes, like, with the original translations, I was like, she's such a good character. What happened? Four kids happened. Oh, yeah, yeah, four kids did a lot of things that, like... Listen, Four Kids is not a good company, guys. Like even beyond the doing crappy dubs of stuff, and you know, even doing crappy Sonic dubs uh, (laughs) to to bring it around to Sonic the Hedgehog. um, Four Kids is not a good company. They they, they, or were was not a good company. They did very shady things uh, to not necessarily bad people. Yeah, but but they did they did bring Mike Pollock 
as Eggman, who has persisted ever since. Yeah. And that that is one of the best, the only good thing Four Kids has ever done. Yeah, because like that. And I do think Jason Griffiths was a great shadow. But I'm okay. We had to lose him when when four kids stopped being the voice actors yeah. they went with. Yeah. But good on them. Like that Robotnik is still classic. I think it's I think it kills it. Um, yeah. The voice acting in this game um, to bring it back to the game, unless uh, Falana, did you have a, a section of <laughs> puberty yeah. you wanted to share? Did, did, you, did, you, want, did you want to bring up my my anime bisexual yeah. crush? Who was your who was your, <laughs> who was your coming into yourself as a young teen? Okay. Young adult? So- Kagome from Inuyasha. Ah, good, good choice. <laughs> Kagome is to Shomaru. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fault yeah. you on that one. So Shomaru was a huge. I had a wall scroll of Shishomaru in my bedroom. Uh, I think I still might actually for years. Uh, and like no one questioned that. Like, hey, why do you have like this, this like Bishonen character? up on your wall al like uh i just think he's neat yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> honestly like half of the female characters from inuyasha that's another one where and part of the reason i gravitated towards her was i was like 12 or no i was like 11 when i was watching inuyasha and i loved ayame i was just like yes give me more of this girl why is koga running away from her she's so cool right yeah right she's so cool oh my god i thought i was the only one that was like yeah, i that girl's love cool. her like she's great like she's in like yeah. what one episode in the entire series but she's she's awesome yeah. and a lot of that is she was created for the anime but still she was great she was a great addition yep love that kid should have had more i'm i'm sad mm-hmm. we didn't and uh like that, that I will 100% agree with. I think that she was a cool character with a great addition. Definitely gave Koga a run for his money. Guys, this is mm-hmm. an Inuyasha podcast now. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to talk more about Inuyasha because honestly, it, if we want to talk Inuyasha, I am very happy to bring that RPG in sometime Wait, whenever we you... decide to do long form games. I actually have Inuyasha, RPG. Inuyasha fighting yes. games. Because uh, I'm I'm good with either one of the Inuyasha fighting games or the RPG. Because you, there is a Sasomaru ending. Y'all oh, can wow. romance your man, and I can I can romance Sango. So we're all good. All right. Man, <laughs> like all right. Eventually, guys, we might play Inuyasha and the Cursed Mask. That was the name of the RPG, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, we'll wind it up. We'll- <laughs> preview for upcoming episode maybe one day we'll get around to uh to playing yeah, some maybe like... one day yeah when we want to do like a proper like long long pace rpg because it's long oh geez yeah and uh yeah. and but, but but it'll give us an excuse to talk about inuyasha i guess uh yeah a lot <laughs> of inuyasha <laughs> Uh, because apparently we all really want to do that because we're like we're steering this sonic yes. adventure <laughs> yeah. the long sonic who <laughs> yeah Sonic who it's Inuyasha time. <laughs> if we want to talk about furries, Inuyasha. Yeah, God. Uh, but, but what did get us out on the stand on this tangent was actually talking about the voice acting for this uh, and yeah. some of the cutscenes, uh, which we've. They're perfectly memeable. Uh, <laughs> they are. They are. And one thing that I do want to clarify for you guys, you how characters overlap in cutscenes. That is how they originally were as well. That's not wow. like some glitch with the port. Okay. That's how they were on my copy. And I forgot how ridiculous it was. They they keep talking over each other. I'm like, what? It, why? Did you guys notice that a bunch of the sound effects are just the Japanese ones? 
Like yes, especially yeah. in um the Rouge and Shadow, the Rouge and Knuckles ones. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. Eggman, like when he's in Chow World, he'll just go yosh yosh when he's like yeah, petting yosh, yosh. the chows. Yosh yeah. yosh. <laughs> they just, I guess, yeah. they just forgot. I don't know because like <laughs> they just missed them. Yeah, Rouge will like be having all normal sound effects to like what I'm used to uh, at this point. Then Rouge will pick something up and it'd be like a completely different voice actor. I'm like, what happened? And then Knuckles and that- will go ora 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 like it's like it's in JoJo's yeah. or something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, and that's I want to do some digging into it because I wonder what happened with the American development because there are even a couple of lines because Shadow and Sonic have different voice actors in this. But a few of Shadow's lines were done by Sonic's voice actor, American voice actor. So I'm like, what was happening? What happened here? I'm fascinated. There, This was definitely during the era where we had not perfected the, the dubbing process. Um, we, yeah. We'd gotten a lot better, but if we were great at dubbing stuff that had been out for a year or cha- and change not stuff that we wanted to simultaneously release or stuff like video games like like this one had just not quite gotten perfected because if like listen there uh, to veer this podcast into a completely new direction once again you want to hear about nightmare dubbing that happened right around this time like there's a lot of the like transformers animated stuff that had to come out at the same time at, in both countries and Oof people voice actors were working with very minimal scripts and looking at the show and being like all right what do you think is happening here like act it out match the lip flaps and go oh wow wait which series would that be was that beast wars or time no no no. it was um it was right around like a little after this like we're talking like 2001 2002 yeah, yeah it'd be right around that era to have uh you have transformers armada and robots in disguise uh were the two series that came out in the real early 2000s and were just hitting these walls of uh just make it up and hope it and hope it works Hmm. and i would love to learn what was going on with so many of these dubbing companies because it's not exclusive to them um these like very minor hiccups that keep happening because as as there's again it's memeable. These are funny deliveries of f- funny lines. Yeah. Um, like Rouge's very first line always gets me, you know, like it's just the way she says it, the way they all go about it. Like the delivery of them. I mean, all of them seem like they're trying their best, but like Knuckles is voice actor. He is there. He means it. He is giving an exceptional job and everyone else is just kind of like Eggman. Half of his lines, you don't even hear them. Like he didn't even want to talk into the microphone. (laughs) Rouge is speaking a mile away outside of the recording booth. Like someone's like sticking a boom mic out to her car. Just like, can you speak into this? Like, (laughs) Oh gosh. Can we talk about the fact that some cutscenes were mo-capped? They were? Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Like um <laughs> the one where Amy Before there was Lord <laughs> of the Rings. There was Sonic <laughs> Adventure 2. <laughs> no, the one where Amy goes to rescue Sonic, that's all just people in suits. And it, you can tell because they just look like, you know, mascot costumes when they're moving around. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
I didn't know that, but that makes so much sense for some of the clunkiness. Yeah. Suddenly, like, Rouge's weird arm motions make a lot more sense. Like, yeah, Robotnik, Robotnik makes it the best out of all of this. And that suddenly makes sense a lot more, too, because, like, it's a human who's making human motions. Apparently not all of them for some reason. Just some of them. That's, just some of them. That's so crazy. As a treat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I agree with you 100%. I was going to say, Knuckles, man, he showed up and thought he was in a different game and just was like, nah, man, this is serious. I got to. I got to play this like my uh, like the Academy Award is is out there and I can get it. You know, he's he's Leonardo DiCaprio fighting the bear. He he thinks he can do it. Um, and he sounds the most natural. Yep. <laughs> and yet <laughs> he, he just he didn't know what game he was in. No, he didn't. This man thought he could carry this whole thing on his shoulders. I'm like, buddy, no. Uh, <laughs> my God, he tried. Yep. <laughs> But I, I, I say Tails is fine, but Tails also suffers a little bit from, like, little kid syndrome. And also, he he also kind of sounds like he wasn't in the recording booth when they taped him. Uh, Sonic and Shadow yeah. are fine. They're, yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're doing the jobs they were hired to do. Uh, Sonic is fun, thank God. Uh, God forbid he showed up mm. and was like, whoa! Uh, like, he's better. Yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah. Would not have been great. Uh, but damn. But like, one one thing I will say about the voice acting is I played it intentionally in English this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually play this game with the Japanese voicings on because I love the guy that voices Sonic because he really captures that kind of what we were saying about the way the game feels, where it feels like an homage to what you know Japanese people that really love the concept of America think America is. Yep. And he's been voicing Sonic. I believe he's still to this day voices Sonic. And he has voiced Sonic his entire career. The entire time Sonic's had a voice, this guy has voiced him. Um, and there's just that kind of like delightful legacy that comes with it. Yeah. I so agree. it's kind of it's it's interesting going then from that, where the voice acting is a lot more, you know, anime but in a fun way, mm-hmm. to please get in the mic booth. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, please. Just just this is a microphone. It's not gonna hurt you. <laughs> oh my god. Like and Robotnik is like has like has no range. He is menacing, no. cackling bad guy every single line he delivers. And I I, I kind of love it, but at the same time, I'm like he walks into every situation, whether he's being talked down to or he's trying to kowtow to the heroes for help or anything. And he's like, now we must work together because I have messed up this plan and everyone's going to die. It's like, bro, calm down. What is happening? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? No, that's a good thing. Do you want this to happen? Because you sound like you're excited about it, but like your dialogue doesn't match. Because like the the way that he specifically says in that beginning cutscene where they're all like, oh, we have to work together, where he's like, oh, my grandfather was a genius. He just wants to blow up the world. We're like, okay, so are you helping or are you into this? <laughs> was that your fetish? I don't like. Yeah. Like, do you want him to destroy everything or? Oh man. Yeah. <sighs> but like, there's a like again. This has been such a polarizing experience because we definitely have. More so than the other games we've played, uh, things that we just like this was this was not a purely fun experience like the other games were. 
that we went through, this was a genuine mixed bag um, of stuff from like, like, like even us talking about the voice acting and the cutscenes and stuff like the dialogue is all over the place. The performances are all over the place, literally all over the place. People weren't even the goddamn booth. Um, (laughs) Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, this they is were, they a... were recording over Skype, you know, <laughs> back into... <laughs> uh, See, and I think the thing the thing that is most fun for me is that even though it wasn't the best experience, like you guys are not rushing to like 100% complete this game and get back into it. But despite all of the flaws, there still was fun there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's not a, it's not the best game ever, but it sounds like you guys did have fun. With at least most aspects. And I mean, there are levels that I will go back to. Like, I know I'm going to go back and play, like, the, the city escape. Yeah. And, and like, White Jungle. Man, like, that. one of my favorite things, just a one last little aside. Uh, the demo disc for Sonic Adventure 2 is just city escape. So if I'm ever just feeling like playing city escape, I can just pop that in. Not even have to worry about anything else. Just go in, you know escape the city and then i'm done hell yeah it's nice and contained oh yeah <laughs> I, I just it's it was very strange for me as i went into this i was very excited to play this because i again i really loved the first one um i thought it was a yeah. very good fun and i was like i i could see the potential there and i was pitched from the beginning um before this was ever a podcast like way 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 back in the day when i first bought this game many a moon ago that this was going to be like, Oh, that, but better. And I was like, all right, well, this is probably the real game I want to play. This is probably the thing I'm like, I'm excited to go through and find out that it isn't the, the Holy grail of Sonic games that I thought it was, was really, I was very crestfallen to start with, but there was so enough positive there that it, it didn't become like a slog or a miserable experience. Like there were times I was miserable, but this was not a bad game. This is not a game I would say, oh, avoid this. Don't play it. No, play it. It's worth experiencing. There's something about it. And it's, it, again, I, I can't say this enough. Like when people told me this was the best of the franchise or like, oh my God, it's absolutely awful. And to sit there and be like, no, you're both right. It's, I can't reconcile it because like, that's what the experience is. And you have to decide which one of those you want to walk away with. And it's fine to walk away with it not being specifically not your favorite Sonic game, but also walking away and being like, I, 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 I think it would be difficult to walk away without being able to see why people say that it's their favorite. Yeah. But I don't think it's the kind of thing where you have to, like, I, I don't think anybody should ever come at you if you go, mm, I played it, but I didn't really enjoy it. Because I think that's that can be incredibly valid. Because if if you wanted, only wanted to play it for, you know, kind of the pitch that you got, Al, where you wanted Sonic Adventure 1, but better, or you wanted more Sonic and Shadow stuff, and you just hated the Rue stuff, you hated Knuckles, you hated the mech stuff, then you're not going to enjoy this game. No. And that's okay. Yeah. Uh, play Sonic Heroes, I guess. Um, <laughs> don't play Sonic Heroes. <laughs> play Shadow the Hedgehog. Play Shadow the Hedgehog and just don't pick up a gun. Because you don't have to. You could beat that game without touching a gun. There you go. Or play, or better yet, just play Sonic Colors. Uh, yeah, play Sonic Colors or actually Sonic Generations. That might be the game. There we go. All right. Like Either a, one. There's a lot of great Sonic games out there. Uh, he does get kind of a bad rap, but he's 
sort of recovered from it a decent amount since then. Um, I am. Uh, <laughs> forces kind of set things back again. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, all right. Yeah, that's pretty but, fair. Yeah. But, I, that but we had is... Mania. We had Generations. We had Colors. Like, you got. And the Boom games. The yeah. games for Sonic Boom were bad. Yeah. But, like, but I, the yeah, cartoon I, was good. <laughs> I would say this. Like, listen, he's got enough good, enough bad. And Sonic. Yeah. Uh, what was it? The. Not. We just said it. The one with the characters that you had to make with personal Sonic games. Forces. Forces. Yeah, I would blame Forces as more of a online multiplayer kind of thing. Not so much a Sonic yeah. problem. That's like a problem with the genre yeah. of game he yeah. was trying to break into. <laughs> um, yeah. Which, like wasn't right for him. It was like when Sonic did the RPG thing with Dark Brotherhood. It's like when that was that's a weird game. You were talking about like it's a weird game, but I love that game. I'm sorry, Dark Brotherhood? Dark Brotherhood yes. was like the RPG Ugh. done by the guys that did Mass Effect, right? Yes. And they they went out of their way. They were it was two of them sat down and were like, we need to make this game. And they pitched it to Sega and Sega was like, oh, I don't know. And they were like, no, please let us make this game. And Sega eventually caved. And that's how the whole Archie bullshit came down because they ended up using storylines kind of um, based around some of the Echidna stuff from the Archie comics, which belong, which Ken Penders oh, wrote. Ken and then Penders. he's, that's where the Ken Penders thing comes in. Dark Brotherhood is the game. That's the reason Archie lost the Sonic license. Okay, and so when <laughs> Dark Brotherhood all connected. Is, is the name of the Assassin's Guild in Elder Scrolls. So <laughs> when I heard Dark Brotherhood, I'm like, okay, Sonic the Hedgehog is a murderer now. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's just in a, in a somewhat yeah. ill-fitting no, RPG no, no, no. made by yeah, Bioware. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so you can you can be like, and one of the interesting things about it is you can be mean and you can also like kind of to a degree, like shirk your responsibilities and just be like, nah, I want to go flirt with Rouge in front of everybody. Fuck you guys. Bye. Like it's, it's such a <laughs> weird tone because this is a Sonic game, but I think it actually got a T rating. No, it was still E, but it had weird kind of like, should this have been like an E10 kind of like weirdness to it because yep. it, it was bioware that made it <laughs> yep it's it's I, so I, interesting <laughs> i really do want to play that i got I, it's on my list of games to eventually buy actually is dark brotherhood as that's just like it's it's fascinating and again maybe one day when we revisit the sonic franchise that'll be a game we we tackle <laughs> uh but yeah see i think sonic games that are worth considering for the future dark brotherhood just because it's so weird um Shadow the Hedgehog, I think, could just be a fun, interesting thing. Yeah, I, and I, that's also my colors. list of games I want. Yeah, yeah. If if they fix this port of colors, because apparently it didn't port super well, oh, no. uh, they they have to do a bunch of bug fixes. Mm. But since there's now a very accessible version of the Wii version of Colors, uh, that's usually one that people call their favorite as well. Yeah, it's a it's a fun game. Yeah. I I definitely recommend Sonic Colors. Yeah, um, yeah. It's kind of like Mario Galaxy, but Sonic. Yeah. That's a that's yeah, a good way of putting it. Kind of, yeah. and it's also um, when we one of the first games with uh, the guy from Boom is in that, right? It's it yeah, it's the first time that Roger Craig Smith voiced Sonic and <laughs> bit of bit of both Resident Evil and Sonic uh, nonsense. People were initially like Sonic fans because they have to complain about everything. Yeah, initially started going into because he was still voicing Chris Redfield at the time. Went to Resident Evil panels to harass him and ask him questions, and he was just like, "Guys, this is a Comic Con panel, chill." 
but then eventually he got along well with them once once colors came out and people were like oh no he's doing a good job and then boom came out and everyone was like we're gonna defend you with our lives <laughs> <laughs> he eventually eventually it got worked out that's good there's so there's so much weird deep sonic lore there is a lot like, of like, so, like socially alone <laughs> it's a cultural phenomenon it is. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Sonic yeah. like Sonic one came out to compete with Mario and in a very strange way Sonic has permeated popular culture in way in ways Mario never could. Yeah. 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 In the porn I, parts. I not even again just just to bring up one other big semi-relevant name right now but like Mario doesn't have a Chris Chan, you know? Oh, Mario true. doesn't have that. Mario doesn't have uh, <laughs> Tails gets trolled. <laughs> I'm so yeah. I'm so not yeah. mad right now. You're I'm gonna right. go home and have sex with my girlfriend. I'm so not mad right now. <laughs> oh my god. Milana, there is so many memes we have to show you. Like, yes, I, I, give I know them to you me. Know this. I'm going to show you just the face, and you will know. I guarantee you'll know this face. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I, I mean, there's like, there's everything from like that to like nipples the enchilada. Mario's enchilada. Never. Nipples the Angela. Oh god. <laughs> um like because that there's so much there's there's stuff that you know people made because there's there there are things that people made very seriously that like no. It's it, that just became memes because the people making it took it so seriously. And then there were people making fun of those people by making their own stuff, and you couldn't tell the difference between who is memeing and who's being serious when they post these things. Like, who is the actual eight-year-old and then who's, like, the 16-year-old making fun of them? Like, there's just so much great, weird content there. Uh, it's, yeah, <laughs> the, the Tales Gets Trolled series in and of itself is yeah. is a minutia of that. Or, like, it's just, <laughs> it, like, you have no idea when is the author be- making a joke or when is it, like, is this, like, serious? Is Like, is this, is this a plot thing? Are we doing plot things now? I, I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think Mario has just started to permeate that as we've gotten Bowsette. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think Bowsette helps them, but there's still a lot they have to. Yep. <laughs> they have to push through. Yep. Because Sonic, this has been like since day one. Not real. This has been like since since DeviantArt took off. Sonic's had this. Yeah, people weren't drawing really fun pictures of Bowser or Peach. They went straight for like, let's draw my Sonic OC, and mm-hmm. like we got to put Starfire in a Rouge the Bat outfit. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you what. Uh, I spent many hours on DeviantArt playing with like a Flash based uh, Sonic OC maker. <laughs> I mean, listen, but that's how far it goes. Yeah. The rabbit hole goes deep. Like this was, this was the perfect game to actually talk about the Sonic fandom with. Uh, like, yeah, it, it really because it started it in that in that direction. It's it's a fascinating uh piece of media for because it's it's where a lot of memes are born from today. Uh, we've mentioned a couple times, but like you know, Eggman pisses on the moon. 
Um, like that's that's from the Sonic Live dub, which if you haven't listened to, is hysterical. I definitely, for most people getting into it, try to find one that people have condensed down, yeah, and then commit to the long one. Because if you go in, it's it's essentially live improv, live dubbing, uh, and really great, but. Hook yourself in by watching clips first. Yep, don't because do it, it is long. Do yeah. not do not go into the Sonic 06 dub like raw and just like that's that's a that's a, a lot to chew on. And even I'm gonna say like they run out of steam somewhere in the middle of that. It, it picks back yeah. up, but like that's a you have to re- already be interested in sale. Just look up the 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 Alpha Gamer uh clip. <laughs> like just just watch that about like what's his name talking about talking to silver about being an alpha gamer like that's that's enough yeah got it see that and not not to go back on 06 06 a a game that none of the pieces were there like conceptually great pieces all over nothing connected together in the way it needed to and the game also wasn't finished no so it has a bad rep for a reason but there are some concepts that were really great like there's so many like conspiracy theory options like level kind of like weirdness in that like one of the characters may not even really exist they may just be a figment of another character's imagination and that's such a cool concept that like fits in really really well with the storyline of that character but the game is a trash fire. <laughs> yeah, it is. Also, like <laughs> and there, there are some weird ships from uh from the 06 game that took off in a very uh what's the what's the term for it? Uh mortatoi kind of way, where like for whatever reason <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like for whatever reason people were like, what if Blaze and Eggman were a thing? I'm like, but why though? But isn't that this the game where Sonic kisses an anime girl? He does. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that so, I mean that could be part of it. Yeah. yeah. And there's a People lot of like but... Yeah. It's there's a lot with that very real not very anime Final Fantasy looking uh anime girl with your cartoon hedgehog that looks really yes. I don't want to say a more realistic looking character, but like she doesn't really. She looks like she's from a Final Fantasy game. Um but yeah. that clashes so badly and like when you have dialogue, like, I guess it's really hard being a princess. It's like, what? fuck you, Sonic. Get out of here. Because yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah, this was still the four kids voice actors. Yeah. So it's like, it's four kid voice actors, even though it's not like a four kids dub. And that girl is weird, like dick. Yakuza engine. Yep. And that girl's acting her heart out, man. She's like, she thinks yeah. she's in a different game. She's uh, Franklin and Gina in the Masters of the Fantasy. Universe movie. Just like, they're going to fix this in post. <laughs> See, and this, and one thing I will say, it's not the first time that Sonic has kissed a humanoid before, but like the last time he was, he was locking lips with a humanoid, it was a cat girl. And I feel like that's a little more reasonable. Yeah, a little bit. When she, a when little more. When it's a Final Fantasy character, it's a little jarring. It's a little like, yeah. uh, and she gets way too handsy with him. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like really. Like she is 16 and ready to figure herself out. And I don't, mm. And, and she's going to do it with girl calm down like yeah listen i get it like we just we literally just went on a long tangent about like hey we're figuring our like we're doing our figuring ourselves out phases like don't do it with like an actual hedgehog though (laughs) yeah like that's the thing like coming coming into yourself okay that that's art 
that's your imagination. It's this is this girl's real life, you know. Yep. This is this video game girl's real life. <laughs> <laughs> she, I lo- she within universe did that, and people were just like, "No, nah, that's fine." No, it's not, man. Come on, <laughs> uh, it's not fine. No, uh, like I don't know, man. But whatever. Like, and, and going away from 06, like, it, yeah, there's a lot of interesting ideas, and like, this is another. I didn't realize how big of a cultural impact this game probably had in retrospect like this probably birthed a lot of shipping culture with like you know not that shipping culture didn't exist before that obviously there was star trek and people were like kirk and spock and that was there decades before this came out by a a wide margin but this is one of those watershed uh pieces of media like i would say uh supernatural or um god any other of these uh like works of fiction that really re- that were really um, pieces that survived by their fandom more than the work itself, um, if that yeah. makes any sense. No, yeah, I absolutely agree. And I feel like, and again, like you said, Sonic is one of those things where, yes, the games exist, the, the cartoons exist, but it's the fandom that is Sonic. Yeah. I actually, I'm going to send you guys, uh, oh God, what was his name? Uh, there is a really, really great kind of nutshell discussion that this guy did about, about the Sonic fandom and super eye patch wolf. That's it. Oh, I loved that video. Oh, you did watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that really kind of nails what, what Sonic, (laughs) what the Sonic fandom. I agree. I've also seen this video. It's a very good video. Uh, like, yeah, guys, if you want like some analysis, like some more in-depth analysis about the Sonic fandom as a whole, as opposed to us just sort of like bouncing off of from the video game and our experiences with it and our experiences with the Sonic fandom, it's really, really great. Um, but like there's, we could probably sit here and talk about this game and its influence on culture and like both in memes and in fan artwork and like furries or like like really video games in general as well like it's not until we sat here and we talked about that i realized whoa hold on this is this is a cultural milestone in its own way yeah and this is i i do want to make this very clear because i i would assume it is clear at this point i do consider myself a sonic fan i have been a sonic fan for a very very long time i have gone through you know the periods of being a cringe sonic fan I was like, I did big, big shippings for, you know, characters specifically from the Archie comics. Like, I went through it. And I say all of this stuff with love and with just kind of like this this interesting look back on what a massive cultural thing being a Sonic fan was. Yep. And understanding, like, there's a reason why it has such a weird reputation from the outside if you didn't experience it from the inside. And even experiencing it from the inside, like, it's weird. Yeah, there's it, a lot of weird shit that happens. Listen, I, I, I'm right there with you in, in a in a in a weird way. Uh, coming from the Transformers fandom, where like we also like our best media is in comic books, um, and not from the big two, because uh, of it. You know, if you didn't get it from Archie or Zoom or IDW, you know, it's like the, that's kind of the 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 third party stuff as opposed to either DC or Marvel. Um, so, and we are filled with this really awkward, like kind of weird fan fictiony fan art stuff where like you get the same sort of cringe like robots fucking that people kind of like isn't that what you guys talk about like no we're not like 
we're not all robo dicks and yeah and stuff <clears throat> like sometimes we just Sometimes we just want to have them fight. I don't know what the like. Yeah, so, sometimes it's just cool to watch a couple of you know hedgehogs fight each other and yeah. go fast. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes yeah. we just want to watch a robot do cool robot things. Yep. And it's, maybe save the world. It's not. Yeah. It, it's not all about the like. What? what, what how weird do their penises look? <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not about the mpreg that's canon and Sonic <laughs> disappearing in space for like a year and then coming back still being sixteen. Yep. Like. It's not about that stuff all the time. It's not about the Sonichus and the... Oh, the, oh no. I thought we the, could your make actions will have consequences. Without, without saying the word Sonichu. That's it. It is, it is unfortunately forever ingrained, you know, yep. in, in this fandom. For worse, that is the worst side. That's like on a scale of son- Sonic like fandom nonsense. That's like the bare bare end of bad. Tails gets trolled, however, that is high class. That's closer yeah. to the top. Yeah, that's tier. high class. That's like yeah, that's yeah, absolutely. that's like up there with Sonic Colors itself. Yep. You know, absolutely. <laughs> if you want to see high class um, Sonic <laughs> memes, Tails gets trolled is like it is absolutely Chef's kiss just like yes this is comedy cringe comedy that's aware of itself and not just like trying to do this weird stuff that like this is funny right like no it's not like uh no i i found a one and a half hour university style lecture on tales got trolled i mean <laughs> so wow. i'm gonna watch no. it and let y'all know no you can if do it that. really nails I, I buy it. it yeah completely yeah but yeah, I I think all right. Since we've we've once again moved very far away from the video game, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I I'm guess to, to kind of, yeah to kind of bring it all back around, I do think this is the game that kind of shifted a lot of those things for the Sonic fandom. Yeah, um, and that because it was just it this game happened at the right time and caused the right amount of like turmoil in the fandom. Yeah. That people wanted to create their own things and kind of like lash out at Sega and do their own whatever with these characters. So that tangent, bringing it back, I think, I think did kind of prove our point. <laughs> yeah, I think absolutely. This is, um, I said it before, uh, like about it being a watershed uh, game in a lot of respects, but like, I think this is maybe it's not a must love, but it's a, it's a must play. Uh, I think yeah. it's worth seeing where everything came from. Um, I think it's worth experiencing for yourself uh for for so many reasons yeah and hopefully we've made that clear if nothing else there are plenty of memes yeah you know that you'll, which... you'll at least know what they're about yes uh I, I agree although i will say you could not pay me real money to to replay final rush or final chase yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> that's no that's what i'll end on <laughs> to bring it back to that now I'm, I'm i'll never re-experience those again i'm i'm quite happy never having to go through that again that the, the i said that there were miserable moments yeah those were them those would be yeah. they uh <laughs> that's, fair. that's fair my partner described the sound effects in in that level as what anxiety sounds like <laughs> <laughs> and you know what the the constant um what's it called vertigo feeling that you get throughout that level yeah. is what anxiety feels like it's... that's what an anxiety attack feels like oh my god I, <laughs> all right all right i thought we were closing down but like I we, were. We, we can, we can but, but i think we didn't actually get to talk about that directly so i think we can give it like a minute or two yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just 
Ah, uh, I don't. <laughs> I, I can't. I cannot get over how like that's such a high difficulty spike, right at the end of the of the game. Like I can understand why people have that strong reaction to it because like it is it is absolutely it really is a bad taste in your mouth, and I can't get over that. It's like oh my god, I'm right at the end, and you do this, you do this. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But yeah. All right. Let's like. Just like uh, the game itself, we leave you with that taste in your mouth about how we feel about the final level. Oh, I feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, hopefully. Bio Lizard was cool, but you know. Yeah, Bio Lizard was great. I loved him in the uh, in the second to final battle with Shadow. Yeah. The combined fight. Make Tita I, noises. Yeah. The combined fight, I'm a little less on, but I, I liked the uh, Bio Lizard fight. But yeah. But yeah um, absolutely, guys. Uh, like. I hope we've explained to you the sordid history of Sonic the Hedgehog we had in our lives, as well as with this game. Um, the myriad of feelings that we have trying to deal with our feelings on Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> They're complex, and yeah. that's okay. That's it's okay. layered. The yeah, game has all... layers. We have yeah, layers. Like yeah. We'll see you all again at that far-off future year of 2001 and see what games uh, it has to hold for us. Uh, until then, good night, everybody. Good night. Good night, everybody. This has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the non-productive network is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com. See, and one thing, this is, this is, this could be a bonus cut if Al decides to. Sega frustrates me greatly when it comes to putting their music on Spotify because it took them years upon years upon years to decide, nah, we're willing to, to put our, the Yakuza soundtracks on. And then with Sonic, they for a while had like weird soundtracks up, but now they have like every off variation of each individual CD release they did a, for each individual game. So there's like four or five original soundtracks, Sonic Adventure 2, on Sega because they did so many re-releases of it. Oh. Why? Stop. But, but are <laughs> Now it's different? too much. It's well, different. Well, you asked um, for it, so now it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a non-productive media presentation. Executive producer, Frank Hablawi. This program and many others like it on the Non-Productive Network is distributed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. Please share it, but ask before trying to change it or sell it. For more information, visit non-productive.com.